0: Good day, Stoners, and welcome to another juicy and special episode of the Turning Stones podcast. On today's episode, it is Footy and Life with Stephen Pollock, part two. So part one was pretty good. I was very happy about that. We received some really good feedback. We dived deep into many issues, but we even knew before we recorded part one that there was going to be part two, and we're here now ready for part two. I'm excited. Strap yourselves in. It's a long episode, but there's so much good content and I'm sure you understand the man, the myth, the legend, that is Stephen Pollock. He's a top bloke, a former teammate of mine, and we've been friends ever since we met through the footy world. Um, And we don't really just talk about footy. We talk about his personal life and what he's gone through, especially all the publicity that surrounded it. And obviously, we just snowball and go off on tangents on a few random things, but that's okay. That's all part of the fun of it. So guys, enjoy. Make sure your audio devices are fully charged because this is a real good one and you won't want to miss a second. But before we get stuck into it, I do want to say special thanks to our sponsor for this episode today, and that is Loyal Olive Oil. Loyal, spelled L-O-I-L. So Loyal Olive Oil, producers of extra virgin olive oil in South Australia, good quality stuff, and you can use it for whatever needs necessary. Search on Instagram at Loyal Olive Oil, and to spell loyal, it's L-O-I-L. I recommend it. I use it myself, whether it's as a spread, for cooking, or even in a salad. The possibilities are endless. And in my opinion, forget about the rest when you've got the best. That's loyal olive oil. And of course, making sure you are following and subscribing Turning Stones Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. The handle is at turnstonespod. And of course, uh, follow and subscribe us with us on YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts. We're pretty much everywhere. So we appreciate it. Stoners, enjoy. Polly. Teza, Welcome to the Tony Stones podcast once again. Thanks, mate. Good Appreciate, it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, mate. Appreciate Honestly, it. thanks for the time. Um, had really good feedback from the first episode. We covered it a fair bit, but there's still so much more to cover. Um, and obviously now... We did promise the because it was going to come end of August, but we are now end of September, so we are one month late. I apologise to everyone in regards to that, but we've been pretty busy, and you've been pretty busy as well. So, obviously, you were the assistant coach of North Adelaide Football Club. You've just finished your finals campaign. Unfortunately, you've bowed out in the first round. Yep. Um, just thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, it was, it was a little bit disappointing the way we went out. Uh, we sort of lost the last two games of the year. And it's never good going to the finals with that sort of losing form. Yep. Um, and then we sort of went up against South Adelaide. The weather didn't suit the way we play football. It was um, a shit day, wasn't it? was it? terrible. The wind kept changing directions. It was, yep. it was very, like, raining. Uh, we thought the the energy of being Adelaide over would sort of get us over the line, and unfortunately it didn't. Disappointing, but I think it was... To come from where we came from, I think we were 2-5 and five at the start of the year uh, with pretty lofty expectations. We weren't satisfied to get to the finals because we could have had the double chance. We sort of always expect to be in the finals. But, hey, there's one winner on the day in the finals and unfortunately it wasn't us. And yep. it's, In some ways it's also a relief because it's just right to concentrate on next year now and, and just reflect on the year and lessons learned.
0: Yeah, exactly. And obviously, yeah, now that the season's over... I'm guessing all the boys, you know, still go through their antics of a potential silly Sunday or a mad Monday. What did the club do in regards to wrap up the season? Yeah. But still, I mean, making
1: the, the top five, you still got to celebrate those little wins. Um, what What, what did you guys do? Yeah, so basically, because again, being an elimination final, we didn't know whether we'd be having to train next week. Yep. or What what was going on? So once we sort of realised we, we we'd lost, uh, the, the club organised uh, just a get together back at the windmill hotel. Yep. Uh, a bit of a sombre mood there. But we went back there and relaxed, had a few beers. Uh, it was good just to you know, put your arm around the guys and, and and just remind them that the sun rises tomorrow, boys, and it it's, it's all okay. Yep. Uh, they they arranged to do their silly Sunday from that point the following Saturday. Okay. Uh, so they, I think the boys went up to Bridgewater, got a bus up there, yep. and then they came back down and, and run a bit of a mark. It, yep. It wasn't coaches included at the Bridgewater. And, oh, right. I was going to say, no Guernsey. No, well, I'm okay with that. I've, I've, I've done my fair share. and yep. I, the antics up there, I've I've been a part of them, and yes. so it's some some good memories and some. I was say care to elaborate any stories that are potentially PG or able
0: to be spoken? Yeah, you know, yeah, look,
1: it's it's just a lot. You get a bunch of blokes together when uh, uh, when drinking's around, and, yep. and to me, when I did it, you know, drugs weren't really around back then as prominently as they are now. So yes. it was Pure drinking, uh, young men being stupid. Uh, I know, <laughs> I know, like, I've had some, some pretty big ones at Nord and uh, North, probably the most, the, the one that sticks in my mind is the year after I debuted because there was a bit of a ritual for the boys uh, oh, right. um, afterwards. So that was, yeah. you know, I became a boxhead. So, basically the only thing I was allowed to wear was my jocks and a oh, wow. and a, uh, a, a beer carton on my head with <laughs> holes in it so that was for about two hours and, and all the people that debuted that year had to do it yep. um, yeah yeah. And in the end it was a bit of an initiation and everyone's happy to do it you sort of embrace it most guys are pretty respectful until everyone gets a little bit too yeah. uh, carried away or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So,
0: but, yeah might be a few regrets along the way but it's yeah. usually all in good spirits and good fun, but sometimes I guess people do cross the line, don't uh,
1: they? Yeah, we, there was you know, one incident, you know, it wasn't too great, sort of a guy on top of a building wanting to... He was a bit embarrassed by some things right. that happened during the day and Shit. we had to sort of talk him down. And that was that was a bit of a, an extreme moment. Yep. Um, for me, it was a big eye-opener to how people take things. And thankfully, I wasn't involved in the, the reason he got up there, but I was involved in the reason of helping him get down. That's good. Which was good, but... Uh, Yeah no, it's great, mate. Like in the end, it's sort of it's a combination of eleven, you know, ten to eleven months of work, and yeah, I think you know the hardest thing is now back then as well there wasn't any social media. Well, there was, but it was very minimal. There was definitely no Snapchat. No Snapchat, mate. So that was yeah. um, It's a bit different now, so I'm very happy to to avoid those things and um, let the boys be boys. I was just going to say, like the higher level that you so you've obviously played
0: at SANFL level, you've made league, you've played league games. Um, those higher level of footballers, do they go harder on Mad Monday? Because you've experienced, obviously, country level footy. You've experienced to those higher levels as well. Yeah. Do the boys go harder if they're more an elite status, if they're more semi-professional, because how strict they've got to be throughout the year, they can finally let their hair down, knowing that they don't have to play next week, they don't have to go to training the next day? Is,
1: is, that, is that a thing? Oh, I think there's a few variables to that. One, they've got access to probably a lot more disposable income, some of the more yep. professional guys, maybe not at the SNFL level. Uh, country guys, though, they've got the anonymity, where they're sort of um, not known. Yes. And so there's that, well, they can go harder because they're not known, the more elite guys can go harder because they've got more money or more resources and less care. They don't yeah. have to go to work on the Monday. You know, like that's – or they might have the week off. Especially AFL guys, they're done. They get a big break. They do. You know, uh, as in country guys might just take the Monday off. Um, so, yeah, it's – yeah, there is a little bit of a, a varying of level. More than anything, it's the organisation of it. Like the SNFL and above, most guys, it's it's – it's frowned upon to miss training. So you're basically there all the time. Yep, Everything's organised. You know, country's a bit different where, you know, we've talked about that on the last one where the grand final we had the week before we had stuff all the training, you know, that can happen. So it's, you sort of miss pieces of the cog back, but, but, you know, when it's the SNFL or higher, Everyone's there. Everyone's a part of it. Everyone knows what's going on, and you're expected to be there. Yep. Um, yeah, and that's sort of how it went.
0: That's pretty handy. So when you yeah. were a runner for Sydney Swans, did you get invited to the Mad Run? There? No,
1: I didn't get invited to the Mad Monday. the boys said I can come that's on. For I think they went to the Golden Sheaf. Okay. Something like that. But I, I again, I sort of kept my place. Um, yeah. I went and had a couple of beers with the coaches afterwards,
0: which was which was great. A, Is a runner a coach really? Like because you were a runner there, are you part of the coaching group or part of more of the with the boys with the playing group? Because I've obviously. Only play for the one club, yeah. but some of the runners I've had over the years, they're more part of the boys and they are part of the coaches and stuff. And then you get some that are actually like assistant coaches as well. So, yeah, how did you feel?
1: How did you fit in there? It's funny you ask that because I actually just read Brandon Jack's book, 28. And yeah. I coached him at UNSW after he left the Swans. He came and played for us. He's a premiership teammate of mine now in 20, 2017. Um, and his book was fantastic. Um, I recommend it to everyone. Like, it's just a young guy who. Yeah, just bled football and 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 but also went, you know, he saw the toxicity of the of the football world and it sort of spun him out a little yep. bit. And we actually I, I reached out to him and congratulated him on the book after I'd finished reading it and I actually spoke about him. I just want to share my time with the sponsor I said, you know, like I, I noticed him at Trainlock, like he was a bit of an individual and but I sort of had a bit of a shadow over him, I could tell he wasn't. So wasn't it wasn't just him an himself. ego individual type. No. It was just more like he needed an escape yeah. away from footy. That's right. So the reason I'm sort of getting onto that is because I felt that way a bit because I wasn't a coach and I wasn't a player. Right. I felt like the waiter between the diner and the cooks. Yeah. You know, like, I'm, I'm not really a part of yeah. the whole... I'm a part of it, but I'm not really in any camp. Yes. You know, and that and that was a tough thing. So, yeah, that was...
0: Yeah. And how much shit you probably cop as well, because usually when you complain about something at a meal... Oh, I never do that. And I, I believe, everyone, that if you go to a restaurant, you should never, ever criticise your meal to the waiter or the waitress because it's not their fault, they're just the messenger. Never shoot the messenger. The best thing you can do is just don't go to that place ever again. You had a really disappointing meal, the ambience wasn't to your specifications, just don't go again. It's
1: a little bit like uh, following your favourite football team mate. Just, you can either choose to go or not the next week.
0: Yeah, I was they just going like uh. yeah, to say, after Port Adelaide's uh, no show against the Bulldogs, yeah. Um, yeah, you're definitely contemplating tearing up that membership. But you know what? You wake up the next day, and, and fortunately enough for that prelim, um, Polly, I know we're getting sidetracked a little bit, but fortunately enough for that prelim, I had three quarters to get over the game. Yeah. Because it was, it was over <laughs> within 10 minutes. Uh, yeah. And I know, like, I've played footy as well. You're not coming down, or you're not coming back five goals down, 10 minutes into the first quarter in a prelim. Nah. You just, it's psychologically, nah. you, sh- you shot. And finals are really highly pressured games. And yep. that one there was just so open. And it's like, wow. Yeah. Um, salt on the wounds. And yeah, for, as a supporter, uh, I stayed the whole game. I'm not going to be like a typical Crows supporter there three-quarter time or anything like that. But um, yeah, I stayed. And yeah. you know what? By the fourth quarter, when Bulldogs are just adding more salt in the wounds, it was just laughable. I'm like, you know what? I'm over it now. We're not making the grand final. Yep. Um, don't even contemplate booking flights or ridiculous, pricey accommodations in Perth. I'm just not going. Yep. So yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, but I'm guessing yeah, Melbourne and the Bulldogs are going to play a really good grand final. So yeah. Um, but yeah, Sydney Swans, runner, You weren't quite a coach. You weren't obviously a yeah. player. So you were
1: just in that in the middle there. I was the fly on the wall, but I was the fly on every wall. Yep. You know, like I, I could hear what the players were saying about the coachings uh, or each other. Because uh, again, I kept I, I I respected my position. I didn't step out of turn. I was very careful. Of that looking back, I wish I probably put my stamp on it a little bit more because I'm a I'm a bit of a character and I've got a bit of energy yeah you do. About me. Yeah, personality. I wish, yeah, I wish I brought that. Energy like I probably did to North Adelaide this year when I was the runner at times. Yep. This year helping out, um, but no, it was it was good, mate. Like again, I, but I got to see things. Sometimes you've forgotten you're there, and they would say things that um, yeah you probably wouldn't hear if they knew you were there. Uh, yeah, right.
0: But yeah, so yeah, but then maybe yeah. that was a sign that they were comfortable to actually say those things True. around you, True. and vice versa. Maybe with the coaching staff. I mean, how many times did Horse pick up the phone to you and be like, "What the fuck are you doing? I'll get him around there" and all that yeah. sort of shit. Yeah. Um, but he'd just be comfortable, sort of. I guess verbally criticizing a player, but through you, yeah, and, and, and you'd feel that a little bit. Yeah, but yeah, then do, also yeah. you have to convey that message, and you have to tone it down too, yeah, because you, do. you think to yourself, "All oh, right, he's very highly emotional. Yep. He's sort of reacting to something that's just happened." So you now have to then sort of, I guess, PG that message True. and then convey it to a to the player who is a human, and we we needed to communicate effectively and appropriately and yeah, you were sort of that filter weren't you 100% mate yeah. And yeah
1: but like I said it was it was all a big learning curve that one I, yeah like I said I definitely did, did it differently this year but I, I was a, I was a coach you yes. know so when I was out on the ground I had that authority in the sense um it's not authority I, I had it within me that I knew what we wanted as a team yep and I had the ability to direct the guy saying no this is what we want Exactly. And yeah, and they, sometimes I had to remind them, I'm, I'm still a coach, mate. I'm Absolutely. not, not just the, the message delivery here. And, and
0: um, the boys are good. The boys we are a, really
1: good though. That's
0: good. We had a chat, obviously, a few days ago about Mad Mondays and yeah. asked if, you know, you joined the boys for a fair few beers yeah. and got pretty messy, but you said, no, nah, you're not all about that anymore. Uh, you don't nah. to subscribe to having to get, you know, drink a carton and, and do ridiculous things and wear boxes in your head. Like, it's not the way you go about things no, anymore no. so h- how do you reflect after a season like that
1: uh to be honest mate you- what,
0: what's your now new mad monday you probably can't even call it mad anymore no. but what's your wrap-up
1: of the season um, what, what do you do to reflect reflection on my own yep um i usually i usually just go away on my own and sometimes like after that game I had a few beers came on i actually went for a walk for about an hour yeah right. i just I, I thought just about the season and what i would got out of the season and. Um, and 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 where the experience was, you know, positive for me, negative for me, or like I, I just rated it in my life, and I just sat there and, and let my thoughts flow. Like I didn't try to force any of them, and if something came that I quite liked, I'd explore that thought and try and go into it a bit more. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it's it's quite it's become quite reflective because you want to savor these moments. Um, and again, it's not taking away from what the young guys do. You know, like you do get older and the shenanigans go. But yeah. for me, I'm, I'm glad I'm past that stage. And um, yeah, but that's how I pretty much do it, mate. I might have, yeah. I, I just yeah, it's it's not for me, and I can step away. I don't need to still be one of the boys in that sense. So I'm, yep. it, it's it's for them. And I think yeah, we've, we'll do our own stuff as a coaching group. We'll probably have a barbecue or something like that. But yeah. Um, yeah. That's all right. Yeah. Jacob's Surgeon go to his house or something. Yeah, like. I'll, I'll hit Surgeon up and tell him he can cook me a snag or two. Yeah, beautiful. So <laughs> like, what is he Croatian? Yeah, he's a cra- Proud, yeah. proud Croatian. I was going to
0: say he'd be better than just a snag. He should have a gourmet bar. He should. You yeah, with yeah. some rakia
1: as well. Some yeah. homemade uh, alcohol. That'd be yeah, good. But why not? That's a grappa, equivalent of grappa. Yeah, exactly. A grappa. It yeah, is, yeah. yeah, rocket fuel there. Yeah, it's, oh, it's absolute rocket. Yeah. Make you make you hallucinate.
0: Hundred percent. Now. I guess this could be an exclusive. What's what's the future life for Polly and and in regards to footy?
1: Yeah. So um,
0: you're coaching next year. Have you got an offer for next
1: year? Like, do you know what you're doing personally? Like- I haven't sat down and spoke to North just yet. Uh, I I don't get the gauge that they wouldn't want me there. Um, for me though, I, for me i sort of unhitched the caravan. You know, footy's the big caravan I've been tying around for my, my whole life and I feel like I've just unhitched it now and I, I think I need to leave it behind. Yeah. Uh it's it's not for any negative I, I I love what the sport's given to me. I love the purpose, I love the lessons, I love the memories, the the, the relationships. I love everything the footy's given me. Yeah. Um but it's it's a character I don't want to be anymore. It's it's one of those things. I I go to training. Sometimes I don't want to be there and but it's not I don't want to be there cuz I can't I'm I'm tired or it's, I, I genuinely just dislike it mm. and for me it's it's my, becoming a chore yeah and if that's when I feel it's my subconscious telling me you're trying to be a character you don't want to be anymore yep. you're spending time doing stuff that yeah you've got to do shit you don't like to do the stuff you do like but it, was, it outweighed the stuff I liked about it um, I just wanted to be home sometimes I just wanted to be doing my own thing I wanted to be getting into bed on time yep. Like, um, but yeah if that's at this stage I think I'm just going to have some time away mate and it's going to free yeah. up a lot of your own time. Yeah. Like how, how much time were you spending at North Adelaide this year? Oh, like you'd, you'd be at training from 4.30 on a Monday till 7.38 and then drive home. Uh, that would be Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. Saturdays, you're basically there from 10 a.m. till you have to go to the club afterwards, 6 p.m. So sure. it's a full day. Yep. Um, I, again, I was really good early on. It started to get tiring, so I'd sort of get there at the minimum times, yep. you know, and stuff like that. And then I was actually using the club gym as well. So I was there, even though I wasn't there in a coaching sense, I was there at four, quarter past four, but it's longer time you're there at the actual club, right? Um, using their resources, but you don't get that break yeah. from the environment. Um, but yeah, but preseason's even more. It's an at an extra day or an extra night on. So yeah, that's it's, full on. Yeah, it's full on, mate. No. It's it's a very selfish level. Um, the SA NFL and even to be a part of, as a player, even as a coach, yeah, um, a lot of after hours stuff and. I was gonna
0: say even the players obviously doing the hard work, yeah. like their bodies would be sore, but a lot of them would be working full time, or probably all of them. hundred percent. Yeah, so that, that's a big commitment. And 100%. of course, you know, I think that these days there's a lot of money out in the country level, probably, you know, mm. double than what you'd get at S N F L but, but more than double. I think there'd be it's good that you have still a lot of good quality players still playing their S N F L because they're proud. They're playing yes. at the highest level that they could ever achieve. And to yeah. them that is their AFL, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people have to like realign their... Everyone dreams to be an AFL footballer going up who's playing football. But then as you get old and you realise some goals are unattainable, you just have to, to rejig them. Now, I actually found my, my my old diary from when I was 12 years old up to the age of sort of 21, 22, yep. and I had all my goals each year. at It's amazing how it was AFL. Then it was 200-game SNFL player, 100-game SNFL player, Just play league footy. (laughs) You know, it it would just change, change, change. Goals move. Goals move because again, I understood my um, basically where I stood in the the footy world, and I had to come to terms with what am I not good at? Sorry, not not well. what, What am I achievable at? And I had to take AFL off the list, even though there was. When I like early days, there was a little bit of talk from a couple of clubs that were you know interested in me, and mm-hmm. I had the ability, but I wasn't consistent enough, and I found that out a few years down the track. Um, that that was good. So, but in the end, I achieved the goals I eventually set each year. It's just I still every year aim for those goals. I didn't change in mid year. I was like, no, nah, that's what I want to do, and uh, yeah, it was good going back and having a look at those. I'd say not kicking
0: every goal is, and no pun intended, yeah. but. It's not necessarily a bad thing. And then you can reevaluate and say, why didn't I kick those goals? Were those the goals for me? Did I align my interests with something else because I just got disinterested in them? So then the goal setting either was the issue or attaining those goals was the issue. So that, uh, the reflection part of that sort of thing is massive. And there, there's a book out there. I haven't read it. I've read the synopsis. It's basically, I forgot what the title's called. It's something to do with 10 times, but it's basically... Multiply everything by 10 in life, especially when it comes to your achievements, successes, goals, because even if you land short of that 10, the multiplication of 10 times your goals, you'll still achieve something greater than what you probably really originally set out to do so for example as you said pay, play 50 AFL games you know you multi, that's a multiplied 10 goal but you played a few league games in SF that's pretty bloody good 100% how many people like, well, can say they've played league well, it's, the star, it's
1: the starting reach for the stars you'll make the moon you know, yeah like, I'll that's, take that yeah 100% mate. And that's, then, it's, then it's talking about you set it too far out you know you, you do set unrealistic expectations of course, yeah uh, and then like you said if you're reaching your goals constantly are you setting them high enough now do you have to always accomplish all the time all the time no you don't you know like and but i think the important thing is as long as you're comfortable with not getting to those goals at times but you're actually happy with the level you get to never be satisfied but happy yeah it's okay and just rejig and keep keep But that's a hard
0: thing too because there's a lot of people out there that never satisfied with their performances and i just feel like once it's all said and done do they actually reflect on what they've achieved Or are they such perfectionists and they're always looking to the next thing?
1: No, a lot of it's ego, mate. A lot of it's it's external uh, validation. And and, and that's where I can... And social media fucks everything up even more. Because
0: now, back then, imagine, like, say, for example, Andrew McLeod was something like this. He won his two norms. He won two flags, back to back. If he didn't dwell on that and he just kept going, imagine in social media where you're posting, you're worrying about likes, and then after that, it's pretty much downhill because you're not winning more Smiths anymore, you're not winning Premierships yeah. anymore. Yeah, He didn't win a Brownlow, so really after 97, 98, it, I mean, yeah, his career was great, but in terms of actual materialistic achievements, he didn't really reach the stars after that, did he? So it's like, oh. once again, it's nice to reflect. You shouldn't dwell too much if you want to keep improving, but then- yeah, it's just one of those. things. But it's one of those
1: things. Don't don't ever attach yourself to something to make it your identity. That's right. Because that's where if goals become your identity, yep, then you're in big trouble. Exactly. You know, like your identity's got to be intrinsic who you are.
0: How about Shane Myler, for example? Yeah. Won a Brownlow in two thousand.
1: Wasn't he delisted in 03? And yeah, he got shamed for the rest of it. He's still, yeah, still considered the worst Brownlow medalist. But he's still. I, won I'd, it. I'd, I'd I'd be I'd prefer to be called the worst Brownlow medalist ever than never because he still gets invited to the dinners every yeah, year as well. Man, yeah, yeah. take your misses out every year. It's good. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, but I mean, like. He
0: still won it. Yeah. So like now, once it's all said and done, he can look back on it and yeah. he can be proud of those achievements. Yeah. But if you've got that ego and you're always progressing, it's like, geez, where, where's the end game? Yeah. Because it, it becomes an addiction oh, what, and, and this, that validation. This is, this
1: is what I've learned and, and really worked hard on myself. Like internally, I'm a savage. Like I, I am a savage on myself. You demand the highest of hundred yeah. percent. It's also a bit of a perfectionist uh, type uh, trait, which is not a good thing. So I've learned now to be, I'm still, I still push. But then I also take time to reflect and go, yeah. uh, you know what? You actually, you know, more than anything, you set the goals and you tried to achieve them, you know, and, and that's the best thing. I just, I'm just i just not as hard on myself anymore. Like, again, sometimes I'm, I'm very honest with myself. I go, did you actually give it your all? No. All right, well... Maybe just push a little bit harder next time and see what you can do. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that's I think I said like ego is the biggest thing and tying an identity to things because otherwise, and it's also the external validation from yep. within. And again, social media is a hot topic. Everyone talks about it and, and everyone knows it, but they're, they're too afraid to turn off it. Um, wow. And it's and that's a sad thing. I've turned off it for periods of time and it's been great. I've gone back on it. I've now I've now unfollowed maybe four hundred people. Um, I've just decided I need to colour my content and just focus on what the people closest to me and the content I want. And it's yeah. actually been, it's been really good. It happened about a month or two ago and it's it's been a big, big thing for me. And and I, I felt bad about culling some people, but then I realized, no, 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 I'm doing this for me. I'm not doing it for them. And, and if they have an issue with it, they can come and speak to me about it. And, you know, th- but most people, if they don't like it, they'll unfollow me and off exactly. they go and life moves on. And, yeah. If, they, and if, yeah, it, and that's how it sort of, for me anyway, It's it's been a big thing. It, it, again, it goes back to that doing things for your own good, but also being very honest with yourself about what's being detrimental to who you are. 100%. And, yeah, and looking yourself in the mirror. A yeah. lot of people, and, and actually, and being honest. A lot of people aren't. And I, I, no, I, I, I implore people, and I tell a lot of people, this might sound silly, go and talk to yourself in the mirror because it's different to having a conversation with someone and talk it out loud than having a conversation in your head. But if you have a conversation in the mirror and someone's looking back at you, you'd be surprised at the answers that come out of your head. Yep. And you're like, oh, God. and It, it sort of makes it a real conversation. I agree. Yeah it's massive it's a feedback
0: and you know social media I I sort of you know acknowledge and I appreciate what you've done in regards to deleting 400 people Um, follow those that you're interested in and then are relevant to you imagine we could do that with the news for example that'd be great because like especially now we're we're still in that pandemic era where we're just getting bombarded with just you know cases and vaccines and all this absolute nonsense it's just for for the last two years every single fucking day is just non-stop COVID it's like Tell me some real news. Like, we, we know that this exists. We know it's out there. We know it's killing people, potentially. We know that a vaccine exists as well. But we we want a bit of a breath. Like, yep. we want, you know, yep. we want like a, you know, fresh breath of air. Like, you know what I mean? So, it's something thing, different. The
1: biggest thing I did is I, t- I told myself the relevant news will get to me. And if I need to find something out, there's a thing called Google. Yep. I don't need to be fed stuff that I'm not interested in, but will affect me emotionally, yep. affect me uh, in, in any way, you know, so I turned the news off probably 18 months ago, p- proudly and happily. Even now, if I turn it on, I find myself getting irritated and I might listen for two or three minutes. I don't like the tone. I don't like the music. It's all to do. It's all agenda based. And, and it is. Everyone's and, and, yeah. got a motive behind yeah. different yeah. articles, headlines, yeah. all that sort of shit. Yeah. And again, it, it's each that I know what they're trying to do. I understand there's advertising involved. I understand they're trying to deliver a message and they some of them do. They got to pay the, the bills. Intention they have got a the best intentions, but for me, it's not the best thing for me, and that's why. And that's the best thing I ever did. And I've noticed I haven't missed any of the news. The news that's relevant no, yeah, has got to me. Yep, you know, And, about I, yeah, that. and I, I'm not naive. Like I know what's going on in the in the world. I know things that are going on because again, I still have sites that I look at, that and I go, oh, that's interesting. I'll look at that, mm. but I don't sit there and scroll. And I'm not fed it. I'm not getting told this is what's going on and this is how you should feel about it through. The music, again, through their tone of voice, through the way they deliver it and they structure the story. Even clickbait. Yeah. I mean, I think Oh, today, so I'm still a victim of that. I know. So yeah, I know. you, find looking I, at like, oh, you I know that.
0: how we think that we're getting more intelligent as the human species evolves. Yeah. But I think we're actually becoming a lot more gullible too Like mm-hmm. because clickbait exists. How many people click on things because they, a headline or a photo just captures their attention? True. So whether that's really good marketing or advertising, I don't know. It probably is. But also at the same time, it's like- why are you getting sucked in for? Like i seen this thing on Facebook the other day. Um, um, an unvaxxed um, mother dies of COVID, right? And she was preaching, don't get the vaccinations. And yeah. she actually dies of something yeah. that yeah. she says that, ah, oh, it's not very detrimental. Then you click into the link, you read it, you scroll through a couple of keywords. No COVID mentioned. Pneumonia. She died of pneumonia. This was one of those things that was trying to advocate the vaccine yeah, yeah, to say yeah, that yeah. she died from COVID, saying don't take the vaccine, but yet the vaccine would have saved her. Yeah. However, she didn't die from COVID. She yeah. actually died from pneumonia, which is com- yeah. completely different. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just a whole bunch of crap. It somehow. is. And you know the
1: best thing is? I'm happy to talk about it for a couple of minutes, test but then I'm done with it. Yeah. So let's, let's move on. Let's move on. Because oh. COVID is COVID well, I'm is getting there. thirsty. Uh, so
0: cheers anyway. Thanks <laughs> hey, for cheers, the beer. So welcome, this welcome. is a Stonewood Pacific Ale. It's good. One of the Pacific Ale, Polly. I'm, I'm not a big ale fan, but this isn't too bad.
1: No, it's it's basically uh, it's basically my go-to. It's uh, they're Byron Bay. Um, they're yeah, Australian, right. so support your Aussie. Yeah, I, it it used to be a mid. It's a bit cloudy too, isn't it? A little bit. Yeah. yeah, it's it's um it used to be a mid-strength beer and. Uh now they've gone to, I think it's one standard per bottle. So it's actually quite easy. to oh, It's 1.1 now. It used to yeah, be right. one standard per bottle, which was good because you track how many drinks you have, which is how many standards you have. Exactly. Had. Rather than drinking a beer that's 1.6 and you're like, yep. oh, I've had three beers. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> you've had five. You've got to think about it like that. Yeah, so, exactly. No, nah, it's good, mate. It's good. And, uh, I, mate, your oil as well, by the way. Got to mention
0: that. Yeah, I was just going to say Loyal Olive oils, which is a proud sponsor of the Turning Stones podcast. So, yeah, it's not too bad. Um, Home brewed, extra virgin. Um, grown mozzarella. in South Australia, the olives obviously pressed straight away after harvest. Well, they're grown in your
1: backyard, mate. Yeah, they are. So
0: they're pressed straight after harvest. Yeah. There's as fresh as you can get. I can guarantee there's nothing but 100% olive oil in there yeah. and 100% love. No, as well.
1: again, you bought me a bottle last time we did the podcast and you actually taught me something really interesting. I didn't know about olive oil was really virgin olive oil within the first three months of pressing. If you drink it, it's spicy. It's a temporary. Pe- peppery. Peppery. Yeah. It and should and tickle your throat. I didn't believe you. I took a swig of it. And within about three or four seconds, it felt like I just had some chili. Yeah. It was crazy. I was yeah. like, that is... I, I, I had
0: no idea. So that It's was very impressive. pungent and it's yeah. very strong. And as soon as it's pressed, it's actually cloudier. Yep. Um, and then over time, it evolves and it changes to that nice yeah. golden color that everyone resembles. Yeah. But originally like once you do press it for those first few months it's got it's cloudy but with like a tinge of green in it yeah so as you can see there it's got a bit of that in there as well so yeah it's it's crazy no, love I'm looking it.
1: forward to seeing this out in the stores soon or a more more boutique type setup yeah so I, I love i love what you're doing mate you know i always support all the stuff you're doing and, and i appreciate that and, and mate i can guarantee this olive oil is good and i'll be uh i'll be passing on to the relevant people that i know in south australia nah, that'll, that'll get that out very there, much appreciated so, so
0: time, it's gonna time. be all online based at this point yeah, nothing different. physical at this point but you know, obviously, with during a pandemic, everyone really is shopping online, yeah, so yeah. why not, I guess, satisfy the clientele to where they want to go? Love it, mate. I yep. love it. So, anyway, enough about loyal. <laughs> I
1: hate to mention it, mate, because again, I, I, get, I get free bottles, so I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, if
0: you want to get on the podcast, you can get free bottles. <laughs> Just too. Free bottles yeah, so cool. moving on, um, the media. So, yeah, we have touched base on it, doesn't yep. paint the full picture, right? So, they're worried about maximizing traffic, all that sort of stuff, um, clickbait. Um, just trying to make a buck, just trying to get the attention of their viewers, their followers, subscribers, all that sort of stuff, all the nonsense. Yep. But it's happened to you as well, Polly. Yep. The Mel Griggs story. So this is the elephant in the room. This is pretty much the crux of our part two interview. Yep. Um, she is a former partner of yours. She's your former foremost, wife. Yep, yep, former wife. Um, so I guess maybe just start from the top, how you met. And we're going to get into why I brought this up. Um, and there's also some other things as to why I brought this up as well. Would well, you want to give
1: it a quick uh, rundown of who Mel is? Yeah, can you? Well, yeah, well, at the time when I met Mel, she was a radio presenter in Adelaide here. Uh, we met at a charity function um, for the Flood Appeal, the Queensland Flood Appeal, back in – I actually couldn't remember the date when that was. But, uh, yeah, we, we met. We got on really well, and um, we ended up going out. We uh, we ended up – she ended up getting a, quite a – important and large radio job in sydney landing um as the host of the hot 30 countdown which at that stage was the national program which is like it's almost like winning the brown line in the afl and you're getting besides a a drive spot which is breakfast uh, sorry um morning breakfast spot in sydney or melbourne which is the key uh, ultimate penultimate you know you're getting a national radio gig at night you know so she was Interviewing on a pedestal, basically. Oh, she was interviewing Justin Bieber. She was. She's got a photo of her lying on One Direction. You know, when yeah. like things like that. You know, it was very big. I end up, um, yeah, I moved over there with her, and and then certain things happened, which was um, I'll let you give the rundown on that. But we end up married, divorced, and went through a bit of a worldwide uh, event, I guess you'd say, which mm. was was big media news.
0: So. Yeah. So I guess I mean let's address the other elephant in the room: the yep. raw prank. Yep. So. It was in December 2012, from what I recall. Yep. She was on Two Day FM. Uh, she had a co-host as well, Michael Christian, with, with herself. Yep. Michael Christian. Um, was it Christian?
1: Uh, I think it was, I think it was yeah, Christi- Christian. Yeah, yep, And Mel really, yep.
0: really nice So basically, this is when Prince William and obviously the Duchess of Cranbridge, Princess Cambridge, Kate. It. Yep. Uh, had the the birth of their Prince uh, Prince George, was it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So the birth of Prince George at the hospital. I don't
1: think, I don't think they'll, they'll, she was born yet, but she oh, was yeah. she in hospital. In hospital. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah.
0: So basically, Mel and Michael, obviously the two co-hosts on the radio show, thought they'd just play this prank, pretend that they're both the Queen and also Prince Charles, yeah. which is the son of the Queen and obviously the father of Prince William. So they just thought, let's ring up the hospital, just to see if we can get through to Princess Kate and ask how she's doing. Um, Has she got any morning sickness, all that sort of stuff. So anyway, they got through and uh, one nurse then answered the phone. That ended up being British nurse Jacintha Saldana. Yep. Um, uh, She took the call and basically then forwarded it to another department who then actually gave the spill of how Princess Kate's really going and how how she's doing it. Then obviously they got exposed, it was just a prank. Um, and obviously, this British nurse, um, Saldana, she obviously took real, real offense to it because it made massive headlines worldwide. And then not only she took the call from the radio host, but then you know three days later, she took her life. So a prank that was just really innocent um, to a lot of people, they would have thought that's a real good laugh. It's going to draw a lot of attention, a lot of publicity for a two-day FM. Um, and it would have been a good laugh, even if they did get through, which they did. Yep. Um, yeah, kudos to them. Like, you know, it's the genius. But for someone, it's it's all to do with perception, Polly. Yep.
1: yep.
0: You know, to to those that actually initiated the prank, and I'm guessing a lot of the producers would have had a lot to do with it. Oh, it's, a te- it's a team decision. It's, it's a, a team, team decision, decision. Yeah. 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 So it's not just again, those involved. I, I,
1: again, I wasn't there, so I can't comment on what was happening there. And of course. I just know what was secondhand information yep. from Mel, and as I understand how they did it, you know, it's a team yeah. sort of decision. And even though they had you know, the best of intentions, it
0: was just for a laugh, just for a prank, yeah, just yeah. for a bit of advertising, a bit of a skit. Intentions were pure, yeah. Yep. But it's just how it gets perceived on the other end. And I think, obviously, Jac- Jacintha Saldana, she obviously took offence to it. She was really embarrassed, yep. you could tell. Um, the, the media publicity not sure what the ramifications were with the royal family and her um whether her job was on the line or not i don't know the specifics in regards to that um it's nearly been 10 years since the day so time has flown yeah um so yeah and then obviously she took her life which is the ultimate demise and that's that's really unfortunate and the worst part of all that is not only have we lost the life but the effects actually had on both mel and michael christian Um, So obviously you were with Mel at the time when this all happened. How did that unfold and how how did you cope with that? Because you would have been reaped into that as well in regards to that, but obviously being the partner of Mel at the time and you would have felt her effects, but then also the media scrutiny on her, well, then you're with her. So how how was that time?
1: Yeah. So I guess um, first and foremost, I guess, it's why I want to talk about this now. It's not why I want to, it's why I'm open to talking about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, we've spoken about it before in the past. I've never really opened up about it because my time through that period was marred by the ending of it, of our, of our marriage. And that sort of overshadowed any of my experience through all of that. So, first and foremost, I need to disclosure. Like, I'm not a victim in any of this. I've never considered to be a victim, but, yep. but I am. My experience is, is not significant to anyone else but myself. And for me, that was a large part of my life and a, and, a, and a major experience in my life. But unfortunately, I was a bit of collateral damage and everything. And, you know, I was probably the closest one to it, sort of unaffected directly by it, if that makes sense. Yes. Like, you know, yeah. So, um, rundown was, yeah, obviously it happened. It was good news for, for the period before, unfortunately, Jacinda took her life. It was good news. It was crazy how the um, how... They were getting hailed, like hailed. Yep. That was great, fantastic news. You know, like we were, Mel was at lunches every day, dinners every night, like celebrations that they like calculated in how many millions of advertisement, free advertisement they got out of this. And it was, it was celebrated. And um, I remember after a dinner one night with Mel, and I, she's just getting, she was enjoying herself probably a bit too much. And as a partner, you try and rein your partners in a little bit and just yeah, exactly. make sure they keep grounded. And I sort of mentioned to her, look, hey, you're having a good time, but let's, you never, and I say, I, said, I said, you never know what can happen because I, I, mean, I learned to taper my expectations over the years. I used to be a really excitable kid and then get let down, so I, I, I tend just to keep very yep. mellow, um, be more realistic, realistic. Yeah. And, and as a partner, I felt like, hey, you just need to pull it back a bit. And she was like, oh no, I'm enjoying it, let me enjoy it. And I was like, I get it, but that's, that's the coaching you, isn't it? Pull your yeah, head in. yeah, just a little yeah. bit. And I, and I did try to say it like in, in, in as
0: nice I mean, way not, as you right. can,
1: but you're also taking someone's moment away from the but not trying to, you know, yeah. just trying to keep their feet grounded. And unfortunately, uh, she went to bed that night and uh, I got a call from their HR department because I was still up watching probably some sport or something like that. And um, it was the HR department at Today FM and I need to speak to Mel. And I was like, uh, well, she's, she's had a few too many drinks, mate. She's, uh, she's in bed. Yeah. Like, Can I wait till the morning? I'm like, no, I can't. I'm like, well, what's going on? And uh, they sort of explained to me what had happened. I was like, ah, oh, fuck. I was like, yeah, I, I'm going to need to wake her up um and so I did so this was
0: obviously news of the suicide from
1: this the, is news because again it was it was morning in, in in England yeah you know? so I woke her up and, and I I said hey you need to talk to the H, HR department something's happened and again had a few drinks not really sort of with it then sort of next minute all I hear is, you know, a huge wail, like, as in, like, a of, of pain and, and crying. And I was like, oh, no, what's happened? Yeah. I, I knew what happened. I was like, oh, how's she taking it? it? was so bad. I didn't know what to do. Yep. You know, I initially sat by the bed and tried to hold her and I, she pushed me away. And that's understandable. And then I didn't know what to do. But I, I actually went and stood next to the, the balcony. Um, yep. I was worried. <laughs> That yeah, exactly. Something silly could happen out of this, it's just the natural instinct to go be a bit protective and go, Oh, I don't Especially if it. she was intoxicated as well, yeah, at that that's point right. In time. And, yeah, and it was it was a tough one and then um yeah, I sort of paced back and forth on the balcony for a good twenty minutes making sure she was okay, staying away from here and you know, managed to get off the phone and it was it's, it's a bit cloudy in my head all that time because I did tend to... Sh- I just sh- I shut a lot of it all out for a Did she leave the house in, in the days after that? Yeah, so it was nice. So w- what had happened is... We and was she, I guess, was she
0: suspended off radio as well?
1: No. well, they, Yeah, they, there was a whole thing there where they basically canceled the show and, yep. and did whatever. So, And I can't really legally talk about a lot of that stuff, okay. um, unfortunately, but that's, that's fine. Um, it's not really part of the story. That's no, it's been not. Well, that's been well documented. Um, but yeah, well, what happened is basically uh, we got... Issue 24-7 security, um, wow. and initially there was a lot of meetings. I know that next day we got rushed to one of the biggest buildings in Sydney and we are on the, the penthouse, mm. and I was sitting in a, in a room in the corner, again being the fly on the wall, yeah. watching the entire board of Today FM talking about stock prices, how to navigate this, um, the pros and cons, and I saw a different part I of was business. Say, that's an eye opener, isn't it? Yeah, it was. And I, again, I, I at this stage I was investing in the stock market, so I was learning about business. Yeah. So I was. I understood. That You're it, learning how they think. Yeah, that's right. So I was. I was quite intrigued by, it, but at the same time worrying about my, my partner. Um, like Michael was there with his partner. Um, he was again. He was, he had a different perspective on it than Mel, and that's his story to tell. He was. Uh, he was a great guy.
0: When, when you run a business, especially when it's like a publicly yeah. listed corporation, you know, unfortunately. Staff or, you know, human resources, Mm. that's just one stakeholder of the business. You have to worry about sponsors. You have to worry about shareholders. You have to worry about staff. You have to worry about, you know, supply and demand and the market and your clientele. Yeah. And, you know, just one element of the staff. So they have so many other things to consider because really those board of directors are susceptible. They are liable. They are the spokesman of that company and the shareholders of the owners of it. You know, they have to make the decisions for the betterance of and the continuation of the company and the operation as a whole. So, yeah, I mean, as much as you want to, I guess, sympathize with certain individuals certain employees of yours you have so many other things to worry about so yeah it's, yeah. it's just a and i'm sure that would have been a, yeah. a big eye open in regards to how they navigated that process yeah. and what they did and of course hindsight you always got 20 20 vision poly you'd always i mean everyone's made mistakes along the way in their life whether it's you know business professional footy whatever it is you thought oh, i would have done that better
1: or oh, i could have yeah. done this but
0: you know at the time with the information you have what can you that's do that's exactly right yeah
1: so from, from that point on, I'll, I'll keep going just for the few days afterwards a couple of weeks and then i want to get back to the why as yep. well because i think that's important 100%. Um, but it was so basically that was what was happening and then we got issued that again 24 7 security we weren't allowed to go anywhere mate we were having dummy cars sent out because there was media everywhere um it was it was crazy mate. interviews you know oprah wanted to interview them mate. Like, you know this is we're talking offering offering to fly us over to america oh wow and pay Winfrey. Like, hey. open yeah yeah it was, it was crazy you know like and, and but again that, that probably wasn't the right avenue to go down no. and that, again I didn't really have an input in that I would made sure that that was you know I, the hardest thing I conflicted with is how I would cope with this situation and then trying to support someone who's coping it with it in their way. Cause oh, I'm a bit more matter of fact about this stuff and distance from it. And I would be like, well, hang on a sec. I would see it in a different way. Yes. It's sad. What's happened, but hang on, what's the real role I've played in this? Um, and that's hard. And then, but then you've got someone else who, who is feeling the entire blame 100%. Um, and, and feeling every emotion. So again, I could have told her to, you know, you know, harden up a little bit. Yeah. But I I knew I couldn't do that, too. So I did I just I did the best I could support her. And then after that, again, we had death threats and all that kind of stuff. Although I worried personally, no. I wasn't worried. Like I we're happy to meet up with any of those blokes that wanted to, you know, Yeah, exactly. come meet me at this light post at this time, mate. I'll, uh, oh, yeah. You know, I did, did that didn't bother me. But again, they take them seriously in case something does happen. We weren't allowed yeah, to go. They all social media death threats and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Some some people got a hold fake of profiles and some some fake profiles. Some yep. not. Uh, some people got a hold of Mel's number somehow and started calling. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was that was pretty bad. Um, then the hardest thing was it's just trying to navigate because my life got taken away as well. So I got put into lockdown before lockdown was even thing you know yeah, <laughs> like, right. so, yeah and we we were you we made lockdown trendy back yeah there. apparently Jeez. yeah so oh. i wasn't even allowed to go out to the shops you know and it was it was a painful painful experience because i just wanted to just like i just wanted to go and do get I mean, a latte like, from the bloody mate, coffee literally, shop eh? literally it's all i want to do not allowed to do it Fuck. how's it how's it going to be perceived how's it going to be seen if you're out just i'm like okay i get it but it's hard it's an adjustment of period. course it's yeah. an adjustment period so then what happened is uh, we got then assigned. Um, we ended up going back to Adelaide a couple of weeks later. I think I think it was a couple of weeks later. Yeah, we did for Christmas and they put us up in a house um, and we got, again, 24-hour security. A guy came with us, really nice fella. And this
0: is all the cost of two-day FM? Yeah, all the so cost. So they were really like,
1: looking after us Yeah, these. they were. Mel's manager was really good with that. Yep. Um, again, did I think we needed it? My, my opinion, I don't think we needed it. But again, it wasn't about me. It was yep. about, about her so we went back. We literally were locked in a house for four weeks, five Shit. weeks. Um, I, I had to convince them to let me go out for a run. I need to go for a run. Like, oh, I need sure. to get outside. Um, again, we, we started to slowly venture out after that four to five-week period. Uh, unfortunately for me, it was like I'm very health conscious. So me, I was trying to exercise as much as I could. I was trying to read. I was just trying to keep my mind active. Unfortunately, um, you When know, you're in a house with someone that's grieving as much as she yeah, was, I, I could imagine, Yeah,
0: that's actually the opposite of health. Yeah, really. and
1: Mel probably chose a different path to cope with it, more on the alcohol side. Yeah. I think she's mentioned that in the media over the last couple of years, and that was her coping mechanism. So yeah. that was very contradictory to, contradictory to my way of life, but then it was really hard to see your partner... Probably just damaging themselves that. and damaging themselves. Yeah. And that was really hard because I knew it wasn't helping. Um, but anyway, so that, that went on and eventually we were able to venture out more. And then we had to deal with the – because we went back to Sydney. Uh, and then we had to vent, deal with the going out in public and people pointing at her, knowing who she was. Oh, and wow. then her you know, her anxiety. And again, me not knowing really how to deal with this. You know, she was seeing a psychologist. They sort of asked me if I wanted to. And I was going to say, were you allowed to sit in on those counts? No, they no, no. Not one they one they're, one. They're one-on-ones and that's fine. They asked me if I needed to see someone, but being a bit stoic and oh, I'll be right, she'll yeah. be right. I said no. Uh, again, hindsight, twenty twenty vision. I probably should have, you know, seen someone and, yeah. and asked. More than anything, it's how do I cope and then how do I you know, on mm. her because there's, there's two different aspects. You know, it's the aspect of, I think we spoke about in the last project about the relationship triangle is putting yourself first. Yeah. I didn't for a long period of time. I put her first uh, and, and that's natural in these. And days. that takes a toll, doesn't it? Oh, I did. It did. That's it part of the toll. why, isn't it as well? Yeah. While we're actually talking. Yeah. About so these. I guess, I guess we'll go back to the why. So I ended up having, um becoming close to, to someone this year. Um, she's a great person and, from what happened at the end, so in the end I was, I I'd done the wrong thing and I'd cheated on Mel and, and she found out about it. And that's how it ended. I took so much time in my life owning that, and that defined everything, that I forgot that what I'd been through was a big thing as well. And, and I know
0: potentially never, led to that.
1: Yeah. So I went, right, and I told this girl, yeah, I you know, this is what I did. I've always owned it, I've never never shied away from what I'd done. But then I finally had someone ask me questions and ask me about, oh, hang on, how'd you get there? Uh, you know, what 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 were your experiences like? A little bit like this podcast, and it started made me realise that because again, I'm very sure of myself now, I'm very and, and strong sense of character, mm. and it started to make me understand that fuck, I actually went through a pretty shit event as well, and I actually had to support someone, and and, and again, it's it's not significant to the world, but it's, that event significant to me, and and this person was fantastic. She was. Amazing. She asked a lot of questions. She genuinely cared, and she actually said at the end, she goes, "You know, I'm actually really sorry you went through that." And it's the first person in my life that's actually said, "I'm actually sorry you went through that." And, mm. it, and it really was a big coping mechanism for me that I it validated what I'd gone through. Gave you comfort. Well, yeah, and it just validated that what I went through was significant because I'm too busy going the end. What happened at the end of the marriage? That defies it. Yep. And that defies me. And then, then having someone care enough to ask questions made me go, "Fuck, you know what?" Actually. Yeah, I, I actually did a lot of good things and, and actually went through a pretty fucking shit time myself. And that that sort of opened up this reason because we spoke a couple of years about wanting to speak about it. And I said, yeah, maybe one day, maybe one yeah, day. Yeah, exactly. And, and then yeah, that was probably a big reason. And the other reason is, is I had to support someone going through major mental health issues and I didn't know how to handle that. And it'd end up affecting my mental state. Yep. So that's a big thing Because well.
0: then once again, you refer back to that triangle, you're putting someone else ahead of yourself.
1: Yeah. yeah. And it's also your... You're uh, neglecting not only physical, but your yeah. mental health as well. And it's a classic product of your environment. Yep. And especially when you're locked in a house for, for, for a couple of months with someone who's struggling uh, and again it's not it's, it's, this is it was really tough to watch her because it was you know she was feeling every effects of it um, how was, can you and also at the same time as well Polly how can you console
0: someone when their grieving process is completely different to yours yeah. you, you wanted to go out for runs you wanted
1: to do some exercise I couldn't even go to work but I that yeah. I wasn't working I'd actually taken three months off work in Adelaide wow. I'd, I'd saved up enough annual leave and I was getting paid and I was just I was going to spend that three months just discovering Sydney I was yeah. going to like, just go out and explore whatever would have been. Well, I didn't. I didn't get that chance. I know, but, And that, yeah, I know, yeah. it would have been fantastic. So I end up just, yeah, I, I missed that opportunity. So I was a little, not resentful, because again, this is just my life. This is the cards have been dealt. I've got to deal with it now. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, so they other probably, the, again, there, there was the gateway for me to want to talk about it, but then the understanding of, um, of why I want to talk about it. And that is, again, understanding the mental health stuff and how it rubbed off on me. And I've got a lot of mates who are spending time with partners who are going through mental health issues yes. and have had issues for years and they're struggling. And I go, mate, it, it's like you've now got to start putting yourself first at times so you can cope. You've got to fill your emotional cup to be able to cope with someone else's. You can't just keep pouring all your emotions into their cup. Exactly. So yeah, and that's what I've got to this point now. And I'm, I'm really comfortable with Talking about it, owning what happened through the end of it, but also proud of what I did through it and and how I, again, how I stuck by and how I uh, coped as best I can. And and the lessons I've learned in hindsight, I can hopefully, you know, someone might hear it and say, actually, maybe I need to go see someone because I'm struggling to cope with stuff. And, um, And how do I cope? You know, how do I put myself first to be able to cope because you don't want to just run away from your partner, mm. you know, but you also want to go, fuck, I need to, I'm need. i living a life as well here. And you only get one life. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's the old saying, you, you know, you, a man lives two lives and the first one, the second one begins when he realizes he's only got one um, one life. Yep. And it's a, it's a fantastic quote and I've only just started to realize that now and I'm, yeah. I, I really want to help my mates and it's like, put yourself first. And it's not being selfish, there's a selfish element to it, but it's put yourself first so you can cope and you can actually enjoy your life 100% you know the word
0: selfish had a lot of stigma I'd say 10-20 years ago but now with mental health with the amount of awareness that it actually has selfishness is potentially the antidote it's potentially the cure for it because you are putting yourself first worry about number one because who else is going to and I think that's really really important It's, it's a life lesson and I think you know what if you don't do the things you want to do you're never going to be truly happy are you and, you know, I, I think I actually condemn and I really encourage people out there, do what you want to do. It's just, and also the hard, the other hard part to that as well is what do you want to do? Like a lot of people just don't know, like especially kids that come out of school these days yeah. that don't know what they want to do. Getting the degree at university, getting that trade, that's the easy part, but deciding what you actually want to do is the hard part. Yeah. And it might take a couple of years. And you know what? Like I've got a cousin right now who's going to university now. He's married with kids. He worked on the farm. He's now going to university. That's have to shout out to you, John. It's never too late. No. It's never too late to go to university, change your career, change your lifestyle because that's what you want to do.
1: Yep. If it takes you an extra 10 years to know about it, Hey, it's never too late. Mate, I've, I've got a mate who did that um, at, at the Teacher Valley Footy Club. He was quite high up in the corporate world. He went back to university, became a teacher, and he had three kids to support. Yep. Uh, he was working at a bot and and shout out to Brody. But, he, I, again, that was probably six or seven years ago now, and I, I've, I was a bit of in awe. I was like, mate, you're doing something for you. Yeah. You know, and it's fantastic, mate. But like that whole, that whole what do you want to do is really – it's not something I like because everyone goes, what do I want to do? And then they – That's not the important thing because your job is not who defines you. No, it's not. It's it's who you want to be is my biggest question I ask and and the guys I coach and the guys I sort of mentor a little bit now. It's like, who do you want to be? Yeah. I said, because the rest of it takes care of itself because you know who you are, you know your strengths and then you want you double down on your strengths and, and you try and go, right, these are my passions. These are my strengths. How do I make a career out of this? Now, again, sometimes you have to do jobs you don't enjoy for periods of time because it gets you to that end point. Like again, I've got a great job. Do I love my job? No, I don't love my job, but it, it, it's it's I'm grateful for it, but I'm grateful for the opportunity it gives me. Yep. You know, and, and the lifestyle it gives me. But then who I am and then what I am is everything else around it that's happening. Well, Your job does not define me. you. Exactly right. And that's yeah, why too many people you know, it's like oh, I don't ask people now. What do they do? It's as a first question. It's who are you? And it's yeah. um, people do struggle to answer. I did for a long time. It's it, it's actually a very out. difficult question to answer. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Correct. So, but again, because I
0: bet you a lot of people, if you ask them, would bring up their job in the either the first one or two sentences. They do, and but
1: that's natural, and that's and that's, that's a natural been, thing. That's yeah. been the way. So now it's it's yeah it's it's big for me just to 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 not define yourself by your job and it's, it's actually funny
0: because now i'm actually just starting to think you're you're so right a lot of people define themselves as to what they do for a living what their occupation is
1: yeah
0: because it, it consumes so much of our life yeah that's that's the other thing as well like between monday and friday i'm an accountant i probably see my colleagues and my bosses more than i see my own family yeah it's true you know because i see i work you know eight eight and a half hour days. Yep. Um, so you're spending more time with them than you actually do with your loved ones and, and your mates. So they are sort of, whether you like it or not, you, you, your family during the week. I yep. so, agreed. And it does consume a lot of your life, but it's not your
1: life. No. That's the thing. No, it's not. Mm. And that's where, yeah, it, it's it's important to, to set boundaries um, within your career yep. where it doesn't overtake your life and it doesn't actually define you because mm. it's like, a, a, especially they talk about sporting stars and I know, you know Brandon Jacks, book he spoke about attaching who you are to what you do yep. um and then all of a sudden you take that away and who are you it happens a lot with sports stars and yep. again it does happen with corporate world people as well it does you know, there's a lot of people there's it's quite well known that a lot of people when they finally retire they go downhill fast they do and, and that's because again they've lost that purpose and that was who they were and then they don't know who they are so again it's always who are you because again if it's intrinsic and it's something you can do every day where it's as i just want to be kind to everyone mm-hmm. it's it's, it's yeah. Okay. Some might be a pipe dream for some people, but you know they don't want to be kind to everyone. Exactly. That's, that's fine. But you can do that to the day you die. <laughs> you know, you can be kind, generous, compassionate. You can be anything. You know what? But you can't be a CEO be, of Commonwealth Bank for to a, until the day you die. The rest of the day. If, if that's what you want to be, is being yeah. a real prick and an arsehole <laughs> well, do it to your day you die, okay. because you know. But at least that's the. But the imagine you, you ask are.
0: someone down the street, oh, "Who are you?" And he says, "I'm a rooster." Well, that's better <laughs> an answer than saying, "Oh, I'm a I'm a gardener at the, the local school." I'll go. I know who you are. though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's it. That's it. And, <laughs> and right. I won't. I won't talk to you ever again.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's it. So, um, yeah, back on back on the Mel stuff. So where where are we up to now? Sort so of what happened? Yeah. I just want to start with the timeline again. Yeah, actually, okay. you yeah. met. When did you meet? Oh, it was probably about three years prior to that. I so, 2009. Yep. I'm going to say 2009, I reckon, I reckon yep. it was. Yeah. And
0: you got married in November 2014. Yeah, we so did. Obviously, become... you were seeing each other for around five years. Yeah. You actually went through this ordeal whilst you were seeing each other, and men yeah. still got married after the fact. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess between December 2012, when this royal <laughs> prank occurred, and then between that time and November 2014, was she still grieving at the time of marriage?
1: yeah she she definitely was like she was struggling to find work no one would sort of hire her and that would then rub off on me because i went back to being a linesman and i would do things during the day and i'd come home and i'd feel like she hasn't done anything during the day now i know she was trying her ass off she was she was trying to start businesses foundations and it was great i'd love i personally wanted some normality i was like Yeah. yeah normal job she tried that wasn't for her that's fine um but yeah, that's that was the hardest thing um, through that period. She was still grieving, and um, you know, she, you know, again, probably turned to antidepressants as well. Like, yep. but again, that was getting her through, and that's that's fine. I've got my own opinions on those things, but uh, and again, I had to, to see what it does to someone, um, yeah. as well. And, and, and again, you've seen it firsthand. Seen it firsthand, and it, and it's it's shocking what even having a drink of alcohol and that kind of stuff does um, see what it does to it that, that numbs them you know like okay. and, and that's how it gets them through and it's it's sad to see your partner just be 70% of who they are you mm-hmm. know and it's and it's really tough and then what happened through those periods of time is I, I guess I've I, how, I, how did you lead to marriage probably? yeah well, I got to a sense of and look, I'm not I'm not it's a really hard thing to say because I want to be... There's the only way to say it's to be frankly honest. Yeah, exactly. And, and it is... I, I, I felt. But if, if these questions are out of line, you let me know. Yeah, I would. No, 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 mate. It's, it's you has got to be honest, mate. I, and in the end, it was a sense of... Uh, I felt like I... It's not that I didn't want to because I wanted to. But it was a sense of I felt like I should as well. Yep. Um, and that's because it's... You stick by, you stick by, you stick by. Um, I lacked courage to say... I don't think this is good for us going forward anymore. Um, again, I don't regret getting married. I don't regret proposing. I don't regret that. Anything, but did I, you think it was going to change things? Did
0: yeah, you think it was yeah, going to actually give a bit of positivity in her yeah, and and, yeah. life and, and, and do a bit of a one eighty?
1: Yeah, that, that, I thought that's what was. You know, again, you think that. Yeah, everyone yeah, thinks marriage is going to change. Many <laughs> of my mates will get married and they go, nothing's changed. I'm like, yeah, no, no, yeah. No, no, But you thought they were going. to. Like, no, 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 no. It's it's who you who, you know. Who you're marrying is exactly that person. Marriage doesn't change a thing. All mm. it does is it puts a start date, on when you get can potentially get divorced. Yeah, and that there is it's it's a ticking time bomb. I think I d- I've got my own opinions on marriage now, but yeah, we, but again, it's a natural lineal progression. Mm-hmm. Get married, buy a house, have kids, do all that stuff. I also wanted to be a father, and I wanted the fairy tale. You know, I wanted to go, no, nah, it all works out in the end. Yep. Um, was I agreeing with uh, some of the way she was going about it in, in the media and stuff like that? Again, this is this is all my opinion. No, I wasn't necessarily agreeing with the way she was going about it. But that's she knows that world. She was navigating that world, and she was trying to repair her reputation, and yep. so she can get a job back and do whatever. Uh, and that was, you know, again, she knows that world. I don't. But the other aspect was, and she has mentioned it. You know, she turned to alcohol um, to cope. And that was hard. I had to be there with someone who was mentally struggling and not using healthy things to cope. Were you,
0: like, I don't know what the relationship was at that point in time, but did you ever make mention to say, hey, ease up a little bit with the drinking? Yeah, like, I did. Could you say that? Yeah. Like, I was did. she
1: a little bit too sensitive at that time? Mel's a very strong person. Yep. Um, and she doesn't was, want to
0: be told too much what to do.
1: Yeah, there's, there's ways, I think anyone can, there's a right way to tell anyone. Yeah. Of I course. couldn't. Or, or help help and I did try on a number of different occasions and whether it was just she was just too far grieving and it was it really affected and I really really felt for her and that was that was really really tough to watch um, but I guess I just I did try yeah I did try she might say different but I know I try because I know I know my thoughts. Yeah, I know what is my conversations with close friends. I know, you know your intentions. I know my intentions, yeah. and they are always I just want what's best for her. And I know what she's currently doing is not good for her in the long term, sh- short term, or long term. Yeah, and unfortunately, that was her coping mechanism, and um, yeah, it was it was really tough to watch because again, I also watched her become unhappy with herself, and but then putting on a great persona because she's a fun person wants to genuinely kind wants to help people wants to wants to do the right thing by people and wants to but she also wants it back as well you know like because she doesn't do things to get something but you know she has a level of i'll help you yeah yeah but then it'd be great if you're there to support me as well yeah and that and that's but that's that's how you build um bonds and relationships and friends and and that's great so sometimes you probably gave a bit too much um that's that's fine that's again that's that's the individual that's what they feel comfortable with giving so um, that's why maybe
0: your advice once you know she was in a real high before obviously Jacintha actually passed yeah. um, where you told her to sort of like you know, not I guess per se pull your head in but you know, calm yeah. it down a little bit so you know? how, and then again, especially when you you know when you're on a high yeah. you know you're giving lots of love yeah. um, you know times are good yeah. just I guess, a bit of composure. Yeah. Yeah, A bit of complacency. This
1: this is, again, this is all my perspective on things. This is not me saying this is exactly how it was because she would have a different opinion on it and other people would have a different opinion on it. This is just mine internally. But the thing was, then what happened, though, because she did come hell-bent on her getting her career back, which I support. I was like, go. I want you. I want you. You want to get back on radio? Get back on radio. But then I became a bit of a second thought. You know, I became a bit of the shadow. I I became known as, as Mel Gregg's partner. Uh, right. I sort of lost my name in the media <laughs> like in the sense of yeah. articles. Bro, From the oh, outside, outside looking in, uh, you lost your identity. I'm Stephen Pollock. I've, yeah. I've got a name. I've got, a, I've got a, an identity. And my friends were pretty good. now. But no one ever asked me how I was through this whole thing. My mum was the only one that ever asked me, like, how are you going? Because in mm-hmm. the end, it was natural for people to go, how's Mel? how's Mel? How's Mel? How's Mel? Absolutely. So I just started to go. What about you? I started thinking to myself, oh, who gives a fuck about me? I stopped giving a fuck about me you know it's like <laughs> yeah it's it's sad but you do get to that point you start to realise oh no the bigger focus is someone else and and again I was happy to do that but then you don't realise the constant that happening constantly what mm. that does to your mental state um, and then that was a big contributing factor to absolutely my infidelity but um, we yeah we went on and obviously you know we I designed the ring myself I spent a lot of time doing that we ended up getting engaged in Bali with friends of mine right um, or friends of ours, and then we had a, an absolutely amazing wedding in in Byron Bay, and I, I like I never. These sh- bad boys are amazing. Yeah, exactly right. Do you have these at your wedding? No, I don't think they, they weren't really around back then. Oh right, so, yeah. They, well, they were, but I was, wasn't. On my, <laughs> wasn't on my radar. But yeah, uh, I'd never take back anything. Like okay. I, in the sense of, I'm glad I got married. to well, yep. Um Should I have got married? Me now, looking back, no. As in, I, I, I look back now, going, I, sh- I shouldn't have. But that was more my understanding now, my maturity now. Yep. You know, Back then, into it, no, hundred percent. But I, do I do I regret it? Fuck no. No. How it many, uh, many life lessons have you learned
0: from this process? Hundred
1: percent. And yeah. it was it was a magical day. Forty four of our closest friends up in Byron, one of the biggest towns in Byron Bay. You know, it was it was fantastic, and it was a great weekend away. Um, was fun. there a f- for a period there? Was she actually did she do have a bit of a turnaround? Well, did it? I think that gave her a bit more a purpose yeah. a focus and that was great for her like I, I, I saw her get so excited about it she loves planning events and things so like when that when you love
0: someone, you see that in them that yeah. would just be so fulfilling and that, it?
1: that started to make me go yeah this is gonna work yeah this is gonna work I'm and doing then, the right thing yeah, yeah. And, then, and then unfortunately you know, the, the marriage, ha- like, you know, I was starting to stray a little bit in my mind and, and it wasn't, you know, well, again, I'm not proud of it. You know, I'm fidgeting a little bit because I'm, I, but, I've, but I've, I've dealt with it in my mind. Yes. Um, and, and I've forgiven myself big time. But, yeah, then what happened is we basically, again, got married, we on a big honeymoon, did whatever, came back. She landed the job in Wollongong. She asked me to move over and I just wasn't, just something was telling me no, but I lacked courage. Yep. I lacked, um, as I'm understanding now, of the, you know, the, the masculine archetypes. You know, I was in the boy stages of a lot of those yeah. archetypes. I was stepping into the masculine, the, but I was mainly sitting in the boy of the sh- in the shadows. That's why now I'm, I've stepped into the to the masculine, and I understand. Yeah. Okay. Fuck. I thought I was mature back then. No, I wasn't. Nah. No. No. I'd have the courage now to say this isn't working. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately. Um, she found out about some stuff, and and in some ways, it. Was, I was glad. Uh, I have, how many out. months after the marriage was this? Um, to be honest, I don't actually remember, mate. Mm. Like a lot of it was a blur through that period. For a lot of the period, mate, months, days turned into weeks, weeks turned into months, months turned into years. Yeah, it was a it was a long like ten years. You say, oh, that's gone quick. That period of time, especially after the the, the the prank call and then the marriage, was felt like ten years just for that period. Yeah, of and course. it was only two or three. Yeah, you know, like it was. It felt like a lifetime. It aged yeah. me. Um, but yeah, we we, we obviously we, we got married, did all that, and then unfortunately, but you were living we apart. Yeah, the we were marriage. living apart. I was living in Adelaide. I was still trying to. Um, I was just working, and, and she was again. It was only I think a short term contract in Wollongong at that stage. She was trying to establish herself and. She was doing everything she could to get me to move over because we did. We wanted to have a family and, yep. and do whatever. And unfortunately, like, well, not unfortunately, but we went through the IVF process and mm. um, and got almost to the point of uh, having, you know, insemination. And, right. and we had embryos, and unfortunately, they ended up destroyed, which it like, did break my heart a lot. Yeah, because uh, you have. don't of you don't think you're going to go down that path. You have to yeah. look back on yourself and you go, "Fuck! I didn't think my life was going to go down this way." Mm. Um, but. Yeah, for me, it was a big eye-opener. I look back now, that was the moment in time that I needed to um, reflect on who I thought I was and actually then look at who I really was. Uh, and then that was the biggest thing for me. I finally did it. Yep. And uh, when when we broke up, I went through a lot of... A lot of difficult times, mate. Yeah, I was just going to
0: say. And and then just before you broke up, because that happened according to what I've read, but you obviously can confirm, April 2016 was the confirmation of the breakup. It could have happened a bit before, but that's when the media said it happened. Apparently, you were in Nepal or
1: Everest when it happened, (laughs) but I don't know. Yeah, that was... No, you were actually right. That was a tough time, because Mel obviously um, found out. And again, I didn't come clean. She found out, and then I came clean. So again, I'm not proud of that. I should have come clean a lot
0: sooner. To get to that point, to commit... I guess adultery, right? Yeah. Did you just instantly say, "Nah, I need, I need to have some sex"? Like, I need to just go and sleep with someone, or
1: did it just organically
0: grow? You, you developed some relationships, and then eventually, I never, just
1: I never developed any relationships. Yep. Nothing was ever um, emotional, right? Um, and did I, I, nothing was ever planned. Um, I again, I felt like a shadow. I didn't feel like myself. Our life became about. No, it's not about her, but... but it was male-centric. It was, was male-centric. Yeah. And, that's, and, that, and, and I just lost my sense of self. I really did. I, I questioned who I was. I questioned just morals in life. Did you think, geez, if I sleep with her, like, I'll get away with it. No, because I, was, I was All just, the attention's on her. I was just looking... Like, I wrote something down. It was... Yeah, what was it? It was... For me, it was an attempt to beat back a bit of the deadness. Mm. You know, like, again, when... Rejuvenate yourself? just feel a bit of life yeah. because I wasn't feeling life. I wasn't feeling it. And as a man, you tend to physically find it, you know. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was a bit of a desire to feel wanted and actually something to be about me. Um, and it wasn't, again, nothing. Yeah, it stopped being becoming about an us and it started becoming about someone else. And, and, but, again, that's natural in that world a little bit. And it was such a, a major event that it's natural for that. Yeah. And again, she was the person that was in the media. She was, it was about her and I, and yeah, I just sort of decided to question what on, like, just, just is this what my life is? And yeah, exactly. I just, again, I wanted to feel alive a bit, feel a bit of attention. And if it came my way, it came my way. Am I proud of myself? Fuck no. Like, yeah. I, like again, I look back now, but it was a learning curve. Yeah. And am, am I the first person to do it? No. Am I the last? Hell no, you know? But the, the hardest thing for me during that period was I'd tell people my position. And some people wouldn't care, as like girls. And I was like, then I started to question society. Yeah. (laughs) Then after something might happen with someone, they'd then tell me that they're in a relationship. And I'd be like, fuck, Mm -hmm. is this this what society's about right now? (laughs) You know, it's like, and and then I just started to question everything, mate. It really started me to be like, what the fuck is this world about anymore? Exactly. Um, And that was really sad. Uh, But, um, butter is getting along, mate. Yeah. Sort that out. Plug that in. I reckon. Keep going, mate. Yeah, right. So yeah, that's then. That's what I started questioning. A lot of things, and again, I stopped. I stopped feeling. I stopped a lot of feeling, mate. I stopped. Didn't feel happy. Didn't feel sad. Didn't feel angry. I got frustrated a lot. I got frustrated with her and a situation. A it was a reflection of where I was internally and not being able to act out what I really wanted. Which the sense was I needed my freedom back. I needed to go do my own thing. Yeah. And you talk about the whole being in Nepal like when she found out I said look I'm going she knew I was going I didn't tell anyone when I was going to Nepal There was, I two remember
0: people. you know we were, we were teammates at the time yeah we were and I remember we it was just the season after we won the flag yep. um, we had a bit of a pre-season and yep. then you said oh, I'm going to miss the first couple of rounds um, but basically I've been doing a lot of attitude training anyway I remember at the time, I think you were doing yeah, some I, I, didn't t- I
1: didn't tell anyone where I was going. Yeah. I, I became very secretive. I think this is after the fact, by the way. Yeah, it was. It's but it, it was very, I became very secretive about it because my life, because again, everything had been thrust into the into the light and I decided, so the two people that came on the trip um, <laughs> knew about it and then yeah. I told my two closest mates at the time. I didn't tell, like, I did tell my mum and my dad and that's it. I didn't tell anyone. And I didn't see, even tell Mel? Mel knew. Oh, Sorry, okay, right. I lied. Yeah. Mel knew. Mel knew. But then just a few weeks before, a couple of weeks before I left, maybe even a week and a half, I can't exactly remember, I said, hey, look, I know I've done the wrong thing. She was obviously very upset and she wanted to know a lot of the details and we can work through this. And I said, okay, give me Nepal. Just let me have those two weeks to myself. I need to do this for me. I, I just need to do this for me something
0: why, why Nepal was it always in your bucket list to climb yeah. Mount Everest or yeah. was it just actually you needed to f- complete or achieve something like that yeah, yeah. just to get some sort of clarity just an escape yeah. and just a bit of pride for yourself
1: it was, it was both so it was always it was always a goal in mind to go to the base of Mount Everest I want to go to the top one day but it was always a, a, a big goal so it was goal. a goal originally originally it was yep. and I love the idea of the Himalayas you're literally at peace it's quiet um, again I spoke about the Buddhist way it's quite peaceful it's it's, yeah, it's very accepting and I thought yeah, I just want to go there and again I love trekking I love getting out there I just love just doing something major and, major you know. and I just said just give me the pool. and I said can we talk about it when I get back I know that's a big ask but I just need a couple of weeks yep well you get service in the Himalayas alright oh, I, I 5G love. or <laughs> yeah well mate like, it's funny having seen a Sherpa carry you know 150 kilo on their back on their phone wow <laughs> texting away texting. Yeah. just like you walk past them going Probably up on Tinder day for that yeah, night. Probably <laughs> set, just up that in, you know, life's tough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I'm having to walk up another yeah. hill. Um, hashtag Everest. Yeah, hashtag Everest. But I hadn't told my parents about Mel and I, as in what had happened. Okay. And, and I asked at the stage you were at right as well. Yeah, and I said, I haven't told. And I told. I said, I haven't told my parents. Can we just give me this two weeks? I just need this. She said yes. Oh, I got a text from my mum probably between uh, Lukla and Namche Bazaar, somewhere between there. And I got a text and- from No my, idea where that is, just, just out of no, transparency. No, Lukla's <laughs> basically almost where you land and then is the main city, which okay. is, there's about three or four towns we I knew it was between the, in the first sort of few days of the trek. I got a text from my mum. She's like, hey, I'm not sure if you're aware. Uh, Mel's on the Daily Edition and she's just told, you know, Australia, you guys have broken up. Oh, wow. And you've done the wrong thing. And I was like- Fuck. And again, I just needed this trip. Shit. And I was like... Hang and you ha- had to cop that halfway yeah. through. And while, but again, I probably in my mind felt I deserved it. So I was like, again, probably... Yeah, I, 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 looking back now, like I probably would have said, that's not on. But when you were there, Polly, what
0: what were you, What were the main intentions the main thoughts when you were there? Was it a complete escape so you didn't have to think about me you didn't have to think about the shit at home? Or was it just... Because you obviously went with the mate? Was it just to have a bit of fun with the boys? Just no. experience something well, different? Just, like, you, talk
1: about, you talk about the sense of adventure and feeling alive again. That's what I was trying to do. Yep. I wanted to go. Yeah. And did you try not think about home? Yeah, of course yeah. I did. And, and it was hard not to. Exactly. But at the same time, I, I I did. I also escaped because there's nothing up there. <laughs> yeah. And every step you take, it gets less and less. Every, every blade of grass gets less and less. As you get higher, the trees get smaller. You know, and as you get to the point, there's no trees. You know, and it's and I just love that simplicity. You go to a tea house and you sit there, and all you've got is cards, or your iPod, and or a book, and that's it. And the people probably can't speak a lick of English. No, they can, but they they can, but. but but again, you talk to travellers, you get to know people, you go out and you adventure, you meet the locals, you kick soccer balls with the little kids out there, mm. and you just and you just go out and, and look around and just. How nice is their tea? breath. Oh, I know no, it's good. It's yeah. good. Yeah, it's good. Better than the stuff we get out here. Oh, I don't know, mate. Yeah. Like it's uh, it, look. It's it's tea. I think, but that's okay. But <laughs> it's 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 still good. It's still yeah. good. But any, any nourishment when you're that um, depleted. I think warm and hot. Hot. Yeah. yeah. as you get old, higher, it got colder as well. So, yeah. but yeah. So unfortunately, you know that happened and I understand the world she's in where that was an opportunity she had to, to talk about her life which she she shares her life and that really deflated me a fair bit because I was like I, I just you're walking back into a shitstorm when you get back yeah pretty much, yeah, pretty much. and I was just like again do, do I think I'm that significant in life uh, no you mm-hmm. know like I'm not that significant to, to think it's a shitstorm in the sense of it's relevant to the world like my life is again irrelevant to basically the entire population of the universe yeah I was the most close around you. And to me, which is the most important thing. Exactly. So that happened. Um, that was a bit just just a little bit disappointing, but I understand when emotions are involved, I get it. You know, I get it. So came back, had to deal with all that and um, Came clean. I didn't give too many details and I basically took his opportunity and I just said, hey, look, I, I can't do this anymore. I just needed time and space. And, hmm. you know, again, I, I did tell her she probably doesn't know that I had struggled a lot through that time because I had to then look at who I thought I was and then look at who I really was. Do you think she was really interested
0: in the why as opposed to what you did? She was just wanting and she wanted full transparency out of you probably saying, what did you do?
1: Yeah, well, she wanted to. She wanted and
0: then, to, then after that, I think, you know, you get... The best of your emotions, you, you get a bit infuriated, of course, because yeah. you know no one wants that to happen to themselves or to, yeah. from their partner to do that to them. Yeah. Um, and she probably didn't ask or really care about the why at that point. But maybe no, she,
1: now, no, no, no. maybe my, nowadays she uh, might wonder. Uh, yeah, look, it probably some, is in the back of her that's head. That's something that it's like I don't think I'd be willing to, to breach. You yeah, know, she's she, she's handed it her own way and. Yeah. You know, again, I had to. I copped a lot of media stuff and a lot of articles written about me, and a lot of it wasn't true. Um, in the sense of, uh, you know, just 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 about you know what I'd done, and um, you know, one article was saying it was ten ways to know your husband's cheating on you, and oh, and, wow. and I obviously directed at me and. I don't think any of them were truthful. But the thing is, I also had to face what I'd done and I had to face what I'd done to someone else. And that was actually the hardest point because I do care about people. Of course. And then when I saw her reaction, I realised, oh, fuck me, I've hurt someone. And that was was tough. And And the
0: worst part about this always, Polly, that you've put someone in front of you this whole time and then the moment you put yourself in in, in first place you've hurt someone again. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, like, it's, like, back to square one yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. It's like you got that shit feeling again. Yeah. But it was the first time you could actually be alive or, or try and find yourself again. Yeah. And you've just hurt someone. So it's like, yeah. it's like a double whammy for yeah, you. Yeah,
1: it was. And, that, and that's the hardest thing because I have, I, as I've learned, like... Yeah, I've I just learned a lot about myself in the last sort of 24 to you know, 12 to 24 months. And, yep. and it's a lot about understanding my self-worth. And I probably didn't have a high enough sense of self-worth to walk away when I should have. Um, and then
0: showmanship is what they call it in, in, when you're a comedian. Yeah. Leaving a high. Yeah. But don't it's, just keep bloody
1: dragging that dead weight. Yeah, exactly right. And, and I, I feel really like, again, I don't regret any of it, you know. I don't regret the marriage. I don't regret sticking around. I don't regret supporting. But I shut a lot of that supporting out and just focused on the end thing and how bad a person I was for what I did. Yeah. And again, able to open up and look about the whole story and the whole journey, coming up to 10 years now since it happened. Like, again, it's significant to me. And and, and it's, it was, I went to a fucking lot mm. on my own. Like I turned to gambling. I turned to just a bit of drugs, mate, at yep. times. Like I turned to just, my coping mechanisms end up being, you know, towards the end, it was girls. Like, and it wasn't like, again, I was out there all the time doing it. This wasn't a thing that happened 50 times. It but was when you went your escape, that, you're yeah. going over those bad I was just doing going the bad over shit. You know, because I didn't give a fuck. Yep. I just, again, I'd lost, I'd become numb, mate. I just become who gives a fuck.
0: When you split, this is before the divorce, in that time, did you feel like
1: the shackles were off a little bit? Uh, yeah, so I felt like the weight of the world was off my shoulders. You start feeling better, honestly. I did, 100. percent I started noticing things. I started like being in the present yep. because I wasn't wondering. I was, oh God, am I moving to Wollongong or am I staying here or am I ever gonna, you know, become a father or am I ever gonna be happy with with Mel or are we gonna be happy? Not just like, is she gonna be happy? Like she can't be happy if I'm this unhappy. You yep. know, like this is you know things like that. All of a sudden, the weight was lifted off my shoulders, and I felt like I just had. You know, talk about the caravan, you know, I un- unhooked, a, unhooked a jumbo jet yep. that was just me, just 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 the weight of the world and I just became present and I had such a good time for, for a number of months. Um, the only thing was I put the head on the pillow and I had to go back through those thoughts and that was the hardest thing. I didn't sleep a lot for a, a long time. Yep. Um, I didn't process it very well, uh, again, try to do it on my own. Mm. Um, but I, I became ever present, which was great for that period of time. It was actually one of the one of the happiest times of my life, just to feel like I had control of my life back again. Yeah, like it wasn't like, oh, we've got to go to this event. You can't talk to this person, or you've got to be nice to this person. You got to. I'm like, fuck, I just don't care. I like if he's a prick, I'm gonna talk. I ain't gonna to talk to him. No, we have got to talk to him. So, okay, fair enough. Like, yeah, you know, I just wanted my life back to act my way, to be exactly. myself. Uh, and that's what I felt. You know, I could go get a coffee when I wanted a coffee. I could just just be me, mate. So yep. that was that. Yeah, the weight of the world off my shoulders. 100%.
0: Yep. And obviously then, so you split April 2016, divorced in 2017. Yeah. Now, a lot of people, well, I've... I'm not married, so I've never even been through a divorce. But is a divorce – what is the process involved? Yeah. So I'm not talking about settlement sums or figures or anything like that or who gets what. Yeah. Just what's the process of a divorce? Like, of course, it's just a legal formality of the ending yeah. of a particular contract, and the contract is marriage.
1: Yeah. So, so- I think I think there's a different time. If you, if you want to divorce before a certain time, I can't exactly remember the day you have to do this counselling. We've sort of fall, fell on the border mm-hmm. – um, so you could go either way. Yeah. I know yeah. Mel spoke about getting the marriage annulled and uh, things like that, which has basically never ever happened. And yep. I was like, look, if, if you want to do that, I'll I'll support that. Uh, but then we just filed for divorce, mate. And we had to pay a certain sum each, go down, sign some papers. I, so it was, it was settled out of court. Yeah, there was, we yep. didn't have any uh, mutual assets. Uh, which you know, like we, it was, was probably good. I've Makes seen, it a, pretty clean. seen a lot of my mates go through some pretty tough times through yeah. divorce, and um, I think it was probably good for both of us in that sense. Uh, she was doing really well; she took her radio program to number one down there. Oh, that's good. And she, like, again, but I know she was struggling, and um, but I was, I was, I was struggling as well. Mate. Yeah, of so, but yeah, so that's the whole divorce process. It's not like again, we was very clear cut like clean cut with no yeah. sort of baggage it wasn't messy the only thing was was the embryos we didn't destroy them and we sat on them I sat on them for a long time uh, and I didn't know what to do with them yeah I really struggled I was, I was like just going to say what I mean there is no simple solution with that sort of well, stuff Mel, Mel wanted to be a mother and I never wanted to take that away from her because yeah. she she would be a fantastic mother in the sense like she is uh, very maternal she lights up when she sees kids like and yeah it was yeah it, w- it would have been great for her like mm. and and you know she 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 was quite you know she said a lot to me that you know you took away my chance to be a mother and, and that that hurt a lot because again that, the, that yeah, the feeling course. that i've influenced someone's life in that negative sense mm. fucking hurt mate like, and to put and, and, on you. but i took i took on the blame as well for a number of years and then my new partner unfortunately she had to sit by and support me and as best she could yep. um, roles reversed a little bit i became the male of the relationship in the sense of i lost myself and doing whatever. And yeah. I was having to deal with the bench. She was having a stable yeah. life, you know. And, um, and and funnily enough about that relationship,
0: the media then scrutinized you and publicized that you had a new girlfriend whilst yeah. all this separation was going on. Yeah. I was tr- How did you feel with that? Yeah, like, so tried you to- finally try to move on yeah. and yet now the media's gone about you again and then you've become the new mill and the fact that then your partner at the time is then having to sort of console you about this negativity that's yeah. in the air.
1: Yeah, so in the end, like it, I knew the world I was in. You know, and I tried to keep a little bubble for a while there, and and but then my uh, my my partner at the time was, we're not no longer together. You know, she she also wanted, well, she wanted me to show her off with pride, and yeah. she wasn't trying to get anything else out of it. That just, hey, I'm I'm, I'm with you. I want I want I want to show people, and yeah. I was like, yeah, of course, and I, I want to show people as well. I just knew what would happen, and literally within yeah. <laughs> within putting up a photo, yeah, it was. And again, mate. I'm so fucking insignificant. The fact that it even got traction. Yeah. Were you surprised? I, I'm not surprised because I understand the media. Yeah. But I'm surprised that someone gave a fuck about it. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. And I was like, come on, man. Like, I didn't cure cancer. Like, yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm a, I'm a hack footballer. I'm a tradesman. I'm uh, like, okay yeah (laughs) you know that's fine but then again it you know that obviously hurt mel and 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 that was tough as well because i was also very trying to be conscious of her feelings as well but then there's comes a time when you just got to live your own life Hmm. um and then yeah that was that was tough so and that, that, that actually went on for a while in the sense of the um you know the articles and and her continually talking about it and that it came to a point where i said look enough's enough i can't I don't want you to talk about me anymore. Um, and that was that. that was tough because, again, it was and, – and we also had to destroy the embryos. And we had an agreement. Um, unfortunately, both I, – I, I, in my mind, I was considering letting her use them. Yep. And that was probably the guilt talking. Um, uh, like, I'm glad that didn't happen because it wouldn't have been good to bring in a child. And I couldn't have had a child out there knowing that – it's mine, and that I'm not associated with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and we lived in different states, and we still live in different states. Yeah. Uh, and it just wouldn't have been like... So I'm glad that never went ahead, but it was a very, very, very hard decision. And then of again, my, my current partner at the time knew that I had embryos with someone else sitting there, so I can only like... That's weird, isn't it? It, like it for is, them. it is. And it's I, a, I, but a, I an look back moment. now thinking, what the fuck was I thinking? But mm. I was, hadn't dealt with one issue before getting involved with someone else, and I really feel for her and what she went through supporting me. Um, again, we moved into state, we moved to Sydney and you know, <laughs> walked into a bit of a shitstorm in the sense of still dealing with a very public divorce and everyone goes it's on. Unfinished business still. Yeah, unspeed. and everyone talks about, you know, you've got, you're in the, um, you know, it's just a divorce, it's just a divorce. Yeah, not everyone's divorce is, is talked about on, on a TV show in the exactly. morning. And not everyone's divorce is, is written about, articles written about it. Not everyone's yeah. like, it's, there it was a different dynamic it didn't really affect and sense. shit like
0: that honestly Polly if I was to ever go through and like touch what I don't because I don't think anyone that's gone through it ever recommends for people to do it no. but um, you know the last thing you want is to be publicized in the media yeah. and, and yours was and yeah. I feel for you in regards to that that's, that's okay. just that's something that you just don't want like yeah. any negativity you try to always keep under wraps because like you know yourself about it and you'll try and learn from it improve from it and and Try and not make that mistake yeah, again. It. It's what I signed but up. Yeah, it's what I
1: signed up for as well. With it. I so suppose I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm not sitting there thinking I'm all innocent. Like oh, yeah. well, I'm not naive. The good times know, so. are great. Yeah, but
0: the bad times are ridiculously shit. Yeah, fucking the time. Like, It's to the nth degree yeah. either way of the scale. Yeah, 100%. there's never like you know just a mild good or, you know, a slight bad. It's either sort of one extreme or the other. Yeah. Uh, you did sign up for it. You knew what you were getting yourself into. Yeah. But then obviously living that in reality is another ballgame. But ball game. It, you see
1: what happens to reality TV stars. Stars Turn you news very long. But it's hard to put yourself yeah, so in a situation then, until you've ever yeah, been in it. And that's exactly right. I didn't know how it was going to affect me until yeah. I'd been in it. And then I didn't know how it was going to affect me at the end. You know, and that, and I didn't see the negative spin on it. Now, the negative spin, never, I never believed the words that were out there. I never really was like like I didn't get trolled or anything. Yeah, I lost a few friends over it because I was very honest with my friends. Mm. And and people would come up and ask me about it and I did have people, I'd go, yeah, this is what happened. Um, And again, it was a guilt thing for a number of years that I just took complete ownership uh, and and just said, yeah, I did it. That's it. Mm. Yep. Well, not perfect. Uh, Didn't they commend you for being honest at least? uh, Some people were like, oh, fuck, good on you for owning it. But it's not the reason I did it. The reason I did it was, one, I didn't want it to hurt me. So if I bring it out, it can't hurt me. Uh, and the other reason was, I, I, again, I pride myself in taking ownership of what I know I've done wrong. You yeah. know, like, you know, different levels of consciousness to know what you've done. But, yeah, i had done that. i would hurt someone. Like, my actions have hurt someone. Yeah, whether the actions of what happened to her hurt, hurt me, irrelevant. These are my actions I could control. Yep. And I didn't control myself. And that's saying, I could have ended it and gone nut and then gone on my merry way. Mm. But I didn't have the courage. I was a little boy and, you know, still trying to mature. And it, it, but in some ways I look back now it set me up to the person I am now I'm with my like I've got strong morals now and I'm very open I'm very um, uh, what's the word I guess just take responsibility. But yep. I've also understand what my self worth is now and that's another big thing. So yeah, it was it was tough, mate. Like, but hey, we're coming out the other end of it. I, I had some very dark thoughts, like you're here I, to tell the tale. Yeah, hear to tell the tale. Now everyone goes like I'm not here. Mental health is spoken about a lot. I don't need to talk about that. Like, I, yeah, I struggle with it, but that's that's the way it is. But again, I came out at the other end. Um I I did a lot of self reflection and, and understand, and I was Fucking so honest with myself. Oh, I did not let myself get away with anything when I talked to myself, when I wrote in my journal, when I talked to myself in the mirror. I, like again, I, I, I just said, time to fucking own your shit, mm. and I did. And I yeah. sat there and I was like right, right. What's your real, real motivation for this? I write it down and then I look at it. And go, that's not. No, it's not. That's, that's not. what you, you want to think. That's yeah. your motivation. Write what your fucking true motivation is, and I would write it. And just, it was hard. Like I'm a big believer in the the, the proverb of the Chinese proverb, the three faces. Have you heard of that one? No. So it's the, it's the it's the face you show everyone, everyone gets to see. Yep. There's a face you show the people closest to you, and then there's a face you show no one. Mm. The face you show no one is your thoughts about yourself, thoughts about people closest to you. That influences the second face, which influences the third face. Of course. So I started to listen to my, th- my my thoughts. I started to listen to the way I judge people. I started to listen to the way I, sp- I, I think about people. And... Silly as it sounds, you just start. You start realizing, fucking, I'm a bit of a prick. Yeah, and not not all of the no, good, isn't it? No, and that's yeah. okay. So I became very conscious of my internal dialogue, and I was like, right, I need to, I need to stop this. I need, I need to really look at the person. You're trying to get rid of the bad. Yeah, it's not get rid of it. It's it's, it's acknowledge, accept where it might be coming from. Yep, but and there then is go a bit right, of bad in you. yeah, and then yeah. you have those little silly as sounds again, mirror conversations with yourself, and go right. It's just you and you and me, mate. Let's let's have a chat and mm. and. Work it out, mate. And then I, I, again, that—that's I'm proud to say has helped me a lot along the way. Has it been an easy journey, no, no, mate? It's been five, five or six years of not hell. Like when I say, because the last twelve to eighteen months, um, about twenty-four months, ago, I gave, I, I forgave myself for it. I went to New Zealand on a trip of my own, and I literally just did everything on my own. I hiked for fucking days on end. I just went up, like, I went to to, to Ben Lomond, which is in Queenstown, and just hiked up there, which is. You know, I think a six, six to eight hour round, round, round uh, hike on my own. Yep. I then would just drive to random parts of New Zealand and just hike, and I'd just spend time. I'd write in the diary, and I'd start burying shit. I go right, time to own your shit, bury it, move on, forgive yourself, because you can't fucking sit here and play a victim. What and I don't. They're not a victim mentality, but it's not that this shit doesn't define me anymore. Yeah. Like, what, what was the holiday
0: like by yourself?
1: Um. Yeah, oh, I loved it, mate. Like, it's I. I, I I was so excited to go, and on the plane trip over, I wanted to go home. Yep. I wanted to turn around and get on the first right. plane home. just want a bit of company. Yeah, mate. It's the yeah. morning being home. Then I landed and I went into my hotel room on and I wanted to leave. I was like, what the fuck do I do now? Yeah. Don't know anyone here. And I was like, right. So I, started, I just started booking shit in. I, I, I started jumping off any shit I could. I started to go, right, face your fear. You got anxiety at the moment. All right, let's go do the, the Fox. Canyon fox done. Let's go do the canyon swing. Done. Let's go do a fucking bungee jump. Done. I just so done it, all that shit. Yeah, I did it Fuck. all. Oh mate, I woke up sleepless nights, hands sweating, thinking about it because I was in such a bit of an anxious way with my life, and going through this bit of an evolution of right, forgiving myself. That and I just needed, I needed to, I needed to face everything. Mm. And the best way to face anxiety, anxiety is fear. And every fear has a root cause. Yep. So once you find out that root cause, you can then either rationalise it or you can work through it. Mm. And I started to do that, and I was like, oh, right. And and a lot of it was facing it. And that thing, it's rationalise or face it. And I yep. just go fuck. I'm, I'm, I'm scared of heights. I'm not scared of heights. I was just scared of the the, the thought of not being able to do it. I'm fucking scared of failure. Well, just fucking go and do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so i do it. Would, would you do a lot of that stuff again? Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I've got. I'm, I've just signed. Is it addictive? Uh, yes and no. I've just signed up for, <laughs> for something. I'm, uh, right. don't want to reveal it. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, it, it involves, uh, it's, it's not a one-off, but I, I, it involves a plane. So yep. I'm doing a, doing a course and All that'll right. be exciting. Um, it's, it's again, something, a bit of an adrenaline hobby, yeah. but no, that, that was great. So I, I, I highly recommend people go and travel on their own. Yes, there's safety issues to it and you need to be understanding, but it may me reflect a lot you with you and, your thoughts and um, and you probably won't get those thoughts until you've left your comfort. You've yeah, left your no. bubble,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. your comforting environment, until you've gone somewhere else so you actually can start thinking.
1: Well, David Goggins, be a bit comfortable being uncomfortable. Is, the, yeah. is That's my mantra in life now. It is honestly just... If it's uncomfortable, fucking do it. Yeah, you don't always have to do it, but as, as, much, as, as much as you can, get out of your comfort zone because yeah. then life doesn't stop throwing curveballs at you. So if you can learn to deal with the, the simple little put yourself in these shitty situations you're good to go next time. Because you know, the inevitable is you're going to still keep copping them
0: till the day you die.
1: Well, mate, if you sat in your comfort zone the whole time and then you got thrown something. Pretty what are you going to achieve though? Oh? Who gonna are you going to become? Yeah. But that's okay for some people. I'm not saying this is no. like everyone's life. But for me, it's, it's it's. I'm very content with who I am. I could, I could potentially leave this world tomorrow and I'd be very happy with the, with the person I am and yep. the, and, and, and what I've achieved in life. I, and that's, I've just decided to live that way now. Mm. And that's the thing. So I'm, I'm satisfied with what I've got, but I'm not, I'm not happy with who I am in the future, so I'm going to continue to grow, continue to challenge myself, continue to do all that kind of stuff. It's all about self-identification, hundred percent, mate. Yeah, Mate, look, you look—you're like out trying new businesses and doing whatever, and you, yeah, well, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and obviously yeah, the stones going to get man. on board too. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> don't don't play it down because it's like I, I look up to that, mate. Your podcast here and and you know your oil brand, like, and I know you've got other things going on. You just that's. That's living. That's giving yourself a chance to learn and fail. Yeah, exactly. And if you fail, yeah, that's when you learn. Well, absolutely, yeah.
0: As long as like, I can pick myself up, then yeah, I'm happy, that's yeah. that's it, mate. That's it. I think fail is, uh, that's where the growth comes.
1: 100%, mate. Yeah, it and
0: does. we need to grow as people. Yeah. Um, I don't know, for some reason, I just have this ants in a pants type of feeling where I just can't work, you know, yeah, 8.30 to 5, Go do a sport, or do some exercise, and that's it. I just need something else going on. Well,
1: that's why I don't understand because yeah. you're an accountant. You should, like as in like that doesn't. I know you, and it, even though it does suit you your know that's it, stuff is
0: actually my escape. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. numbers don't leave me. Yeah. Like I'm a very numbers orientated type of person. Yeah. Not not money side of things. Just you know things always. I can I love statistics and numbers and for what i do for my occupation for you know my profession it's more than just a job it's yeah. a way of life yeah. because You know, you do actually start maintaining some sort of relationships with some of the clients. And you actually do give a shit about their businesses. And you want them to succeed and prosper. And even with my mates that have businesses, you want them to succeed and prosper. And you try to give advice. You're actually trying to do for the betterance of them. And you also, like a lot of the time, any good accountant should always put on the business owner's hat if you are servicing a business, for example. And say geez, what would be the best for this business? You know, all right, yeah, we can give the financial decisions. We can always look back in hindsight. I'll be like, oh, this is what happened last financial year. But that's always in retrospect. Mm. Let's look forward. What can we do to better that? Like, of course, it's always good to look backwards to then progress going forwards. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's, it's very hard for me to switch off with, with my work. That's why I love exercising. Because yeah. I sit down primarily for the majority of the day. Yeah. You know, I'm talking to a lot of people. But when I come home, Polly... I actually don't really want to talk to anyone. I actually <laughs> just want to have like an hour yeah, of, yeah. of silence and just like, you know, escape it. Whether it's like, just put a program on Netflix, um, like a TV series that I'm currently watching, just to escape
1: So d- 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 you just know, so want to learn, not long ago, you know, introverts and extro- extroverts, yep. right? I'm considered an extrovert because I'm out there and I'm loud and I, I'm, I'm a bit and of And you're character. confident I'm you can confident, talk to anyone. But it's how you recharge yeah. who you are. Exactly. And I didn't, I only learned this recently. So right, there you go. so I actually like recharging on my own. Yep. So I'm, I've actually got introverted tendencies. Mm. I like to have my own space, much like you were talking about now. You just yeah. want to go do your own thing. But it's so funny. Some people will go and recharge by going and do something with like lots of other people. And they're extroverted. And they might be quiet people, but they need to go out and recharge themselves with others. So that's a funny thing. It's like, mm. yeah, again, that's just touching on that point there. You, you're a bit of an introvert in the sense of that's what, but I wouldn't consider you an introvert. You know, but but it's according to reality. that definition, I am. Yeah,
0: because I love yeah. nothing but alone time, yeah. silence, where I can just recharge the batteries, yeah. um, gather my own thoughts, or switch off yeah. and, 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 and let someone else consume me. Uh, but then, once I'm ready to go, yeah, then I have this ambition to do to take on take on the world yeah. in, in any form. But I, I sort of made that. Realization, yes, I want to take on the world, but I want to do things that have interest to in me, talking to people, i.e., the podcast, turning stones, or research. When it, if I do an episode, it, it's just me. I'm yeah. doing research on topics that interest me. So, you know, for example, Burundi, I did like, you know, ages ago. Yeah. I didn't know that they brewed banana beer, but I was just very interested <laughs> because I remember Burundi yeah. came up in the media. I'm like, I've never heard of that country and I'm pretty good with geography. I'm like, all right, well, let's see what the Brondi's all about. And they brew banana beer and they do all this <laughs> sort of weird shit. I love that. Man. Um, a cow, if you have a cow over there, it's considered you're wealthy. It's like having like a, a house in uh, Burnside, for example. Yeah, but right. But having a cow there, you know, just how different people live. And then, obviously Antarctica and all the conspiracies that go on there there's a massive no fly zone in the middle of that massive continent being Antarctica and how there's you know kilometers of ice sheets above basically a dusty desert a lot of people don't know that Antarctica is actually the biggest desert in the world Uh, uh, yeah (laughs) Yeah. I've I've heard that so just all this random shit that I love learning about is why I do the podcast another thing olive oil well we make olive oil we grow olives it's just been a part of my DNA through my family and at home and I thought well pretty much You've never
1: every- marketed it, have you, as a fan? No, so this is the first <laughs> so, time. Yeah, so, it's great.
0: And, like, pretty much every night, a lot of people don't know, and I'm pretty health-conscious with yeah. what I eat, but I drizzle olive oil on most of my dinner every night, regardless of what I have. Yeah. If I'm having, like, a bowl of pasta, a bit of olive oil on top. Yeah. If I'm having, say, pork chops with some roasted sweet potato, yeah. oh, that won't hurt, a bit yeah. of salt and pepper <laughs> and an olive, oil <laughs> olive oil on top. Because like, I know... I know where They go well yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, what I do sometimes, and it's probably... A little bit too much fat, maybe cooking <laughs> cook some grass-fed butter. See what I mean? So I do I, then, I, Irish
1: gra- gra- grass-fed butter. Get your vitamin K. Beautiful, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. All right.
0: honestly, do cooking it. with butter is great. Yeah, love it. This stuff here, pretty good too. But what I do is cook with a bit
1: of butter. Yeah, and
0: maybe. Drizzle, drizzle salt, pepper, of She's course. Pretty, not. You're pretty lubed
1: on the inside. You're pretty, pretty well lubricated, aren't you? Mate? Yeah, absolutely. grease these engines. so yeah, I'm not
0: squeaky at all. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty conscious of my diet. But I yeah. thought, you know, this is something I love. Yeah. We make at home. Like it's, it's homemade. I know what goes into it. I'm an advocate for it. So like, I thought, let me take on the world with things interest in me because yeah. I think not only can I have a passion in it it'll become a hobby of mine it'll distract me from all the other things that are going on in life because everyone goes through a bit of shit um, whether it's personal family Uh, business profession like whatever it is you're always going through a bit of shit but you want a bit of a distraction as well and you know at this point in time in my life I've got enough distractions so it's good so I've always got my hands full but then I always also make time in my schedule and I know you're good at this we talked about it in the first podcast how you schedule your days and I I envy that Um, right now what I'm trying to work on is get to bed a little bit earlier I'm always going to bed a little bit too late and I think if I could get that extra half an hour of sleep, it would just be so much better is, for Is it me. TV that keeps you up? Yeah, a little bit, but it's
1: also have just... Thought, have you ever thought about setting the timer on the TV? Because the hardest thing is turning off. Yeah. <laughs> Once so- you turn off, you go, oh, the hardest thing for me is reaching for the remote. Yep. So one, I don't, even, I don't turn it on, or... I set a timer. Yeah. Or I've got a lot better now. I just turn it off. But
0: I thought I was in a good space in the fact that I don't have a TV in my room. So when yeah, I don't no, go to that's bed, it. That's, that's it. Smart. That's it. I've yeah. Been,
1: yeah, I've been, yeah, I hate TVs.
0: So, but but yeah. the thing is, like, I've just got this thing now. I'm watching The Blacklist on Netflix, right? So <laughs> I'm just going to be fully transparent. I get this thing in my head. I don't know what it is whether like I, st- I re- you know, I do some paperwork, I, I finish doing what I have to do with Loyal Olive Oil or Turning Stone's podcast, do a bit of research for the next episode or anything. Then I'm like, I just need to watch an episode of Blacklist before I go to bed. It's like my unwinding thing. Yeah, so like my yeah. brain's working, doing all these bits of paperwork, attending to emails, like personal stuff. And then it's like, I've been working this whole day. I've come home. I've gone to the gym or I've gone to footy training. So I've then physically... Um, I guess, gone through some exercise physically, done some mental exercise through my work. Yeah. Then I'm doing all these other little things that I want to do. And I'm, I'm, I set a lot of objectives for myself. I probably set more than what I can achieve. Like I even wrote a post-it note of what I need to do this weekend coming up. Good. But I, and I know with, with the time restraints that I've got, I'm not going to achieve them all, but I'm going to try damn hard to do it. But then that's the problem. It's like trying to find that happy medium. Yeah. Um, So that's the same thing. And then I need to watch this episode of Blacklist before I go to bed. (laughs) So I do a bit of paperwork, respond to all these emails. Like, need to watch that episode of Blacklist. And it's like, fuck, it's 11 o'clock. Episode of Blacklist goes for 45 minutes. So that means I'm probably realistically not going to bed till maybe just before 12. Yeah. Got to wake up at 6.30, yeah. six and a half hours. Not what I want to do. Like, I can. I am an advocate to be live a healthy lifestyle. Um, of course, you are got to have a few indulgences, i.e. a couple of frothies with your mates. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah, that's all part, part of mental health. 100%. So what you put into your body through diet and all that is physical health, but the mental health is also... Like those people that live a keto lifestyle, I oh, can't have a carb. But you know, like for example, if I bought a loaf of bread and some olive oil, and we're dunking it in there. But you're keto and you can't have that. What kind of life are you living? Nah, it's not. You gotta enjoy the little things too, because you know what? Then psychologically, you're fucking yourself up. Be like, nah. Or if you go intermittent fasting, can't eat after eight o'clock at night. What kind
1: of life are you living? But I'm saying it for those people. Yep, it might be. It might be very relevant for the goals they're setting. So but how, that's but how sustainable is it, Polly? No, I think it's. I don't think there's anything wrong with doing things for periods of time. Like I've done That's this, true. I've, I went vegan for three months. I've been vegetarian for three months. I've been keto for almost six months. How about carnivore? I was actually going to try the carnivore diet, but I've just- I'm interested I'm, in it. I'm so happy with just my balance. Yeah. <laughs> I just. I eat 80-20 rule, 80% good, homemade, f- just good food, and yep. the other 20 is whatever the fuck I want to eat. Yeah. And that's where we get to. You've got to get to that point, but- I, I've got no issues with anyone doing anything. As long as it doesn't one, disrupt my life. Exactly. Or two, they don't start questioning what I'm doing. Yeah. You do you. That's fine. That's all, right. that's all good. Like it's it but like you said, it is hard when then you go out and you got some beautiful olive oil, some bread, and you're like, have some I can't. But along, that's fine. That's you know, I just don't let it bother me anymore. You should be like, no it's really good, have some. But again, it doesn't if it, I don't want to them to disrupt their goals. Exactly. Or their way of life. Yeah. Because they that's you know, and they're just going back to you saying that's what you're advocating for. Well, some people are advocate for other things and mm. You know, that's you got to be very conscious. You do about. you, I guess. Yeah that's, yeah, that's a classic sort of thing. But again, they might be doing it to be uncomfortable because by saying no, they're actually strengthening their resolve. Wow. They're strengthening their willpower. and Willpower is a is a massive muscle. I, I it's start the smallest things with willpower, mate. Like honestly, it's just. Start on the smallest things you don't like doing, and your get, willpower gets stronger and stronger. After a game footy, reject that beer that you have after the game. Yeah, you can do it, that's mate. Willpower,
0: willpower starts there. It's that
1: I never used to be able to stop after one beer, and I'd have ten or twenty, and now I can just I can go out and not have a beer. Yeah, that's great. So it's great. <laughs> it's like, good. No, isn't I'm it? fine, mate. Yeah. I'm fine. But um, yeah, so yeah, b- b- what are we talking about now? Blacklist. So Blacklist. I'm saying I, yeah, I just yeah, have right. to watch an episode. Same thing happened last night. All you do is program it in at 10 p.m. and say no matter what I'm doing. I need to stop and 10pm yep. just you just and I think that's where you've got to go mate like put that on, not eleven. because if that's important for that's your perfect. if that's important for your bedroom your sleep routine yeah then man I think sleep's the one of the biggest priorities should be the top two three priority in your life it should be then do you know what okay blacklist by nine blacklist by ten but that's it you've just got to put pens down and go mm. I'm done yep my, my priority is my sleep and my sleep this is what I need to do to get to sleep yeah if that's Again, everything priorities, man. And
0: once I had a shower, wrapped up everything, it was 11 o'clock, put that episode of Blacklist on, I just felt... And I was lying on the couch. Yeah. I just sort of felt so relaxed. yeah, yeah And man. even though it's so intense, some of the episodes, we actually have to concentrate. I just actually felt at peace because that's just part <laughs> yeah, of my nighttime good. ritual. Everyone's that's weird good. and different. Yeah. A lot of people say, oh, I'll stay away from electronics and stuff. Well, I've just got back- uh, Blacklist on. And you know what? Sometimes I don't make the whole episode because I just doze off because I'm so relaxed. It's just part of my routine. So... You know, I'm scared what's happening when Black police actually finishes. <laughs> you're gonna
1: find something new. Yeah, no. You don't know if you're gonna. So it's funny, I'm doing that with Drive to Survive at the moment. Yep. I'm actually quite enjoying just an episode each night on that. Yep. Um, but again, I'm not probably, I'm this is new for me because I've basically stopped watching TV in the last 12 months. Yeah. Um, and it's it, now I'm getting back on it. I find myself getting into habit. you can slip very quickly. Yeah, you can. And because if you talk about the um, habits, is if you want to get into not it's not good and bad habits. You want to get into a different habit. Like I became a reader. I had to substitute something. So I substituted um, TV with reading. Yep. So what you're trying to do, trying to do everything, and yeah. including the blacklist, which is part of your bedroom routine. Well, something's got to give. Yeah. Something's got to give in there, man, and that's where you have got to go right. Like for me, for a long 930, time, nine thirty pens down. Stop doing what you're doing. For a long time there, my um, like say my a bit of mindfulness or my diet or my sleep became a priority. I would then sacrifice sometimes the gym because I'm like, nope, these things are more important to me than my gym right now. Mm. So my gym would be half an hour rather than an hour or an hour and a half. Or sometimes I just wouldn't go. And I started to get really comfortable with going, okay, that's not a priority right now, but this is. Yeah. And being okay with not trying to fucking fit everything in. Everyone tries to do it and then the bag explodes. You know? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> yeah. So and then you only set yourself up to failure because yep. again you get tired for you. You know, you might not get enough sleep. No, nah, it's gonna be different tonight. It's not, it's a pattern. So you've just got to become good and at prioritising. That's my biggest thing. Because uh,
0: like with me, obviously, I'm pretty health conscious, and you know, I never ever get sick. But yeah. if, but then it get eventually it gets to a point where I burn myself out, and then I can't. <laughs> like I get up one day, about to go to work, I'm like, I can't move. I'm just so fatigued. I think it's the body trying to say, calm down. Just, it just it it. your
1: nervous system just going, man. Yeah. What have you done to me? <laughs> you, need, you just have a day off,
0: would you? Just, 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 can yeah. you just calm down a little bit. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, and and every time it happens to me, like I'm gonna plan my life better this time and then i just fall into those small little habits but so, mate,
1: i i wasn't very good at it done up until probably i got good at it when i first moved to sydney uh when i say good at it i started getting up earlier and that was a big thing um but i was you know 24 23 24 at that stage uh but then i just slipped back in old habits and and then tough late nights, late nights. Yeah. and it's only now i'm super consistent i've been super consistent for probably Definitely this whole year. Um, and again, this came with defining who I wanted to be. Yeah. Not what, who. And it's like, and then everything just flowed from there. Um, but again, it's you don't have to fight, figure it out overnight because I tried a lot of things and I failed a lot of the times and I then I'd beat myself up in my mind going, come on, man, you've got to be better than that. Really, in the end, it's just like, just go easy on yourself. Just get back to the basics and get better the next time. Yep. And that's the thing. It's like people want to wake up at 5 a.m. So they just set the alarm for 5 a.m. They usually get up at 6.30 do, do it in increments. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. Like yeah. Go with 6.30, go with 6.15, yep. go with 6 o'clock. It's hard. I like. I did that. I did it over about a two-week period, and now I'm up at five. And The point is my alarm goes up at five, but I don't beat myself up if I, if I hit snooze for half an hour because I'm up still so early to get everything done. Um, but yeah, it's become quite- how, how do you
0: feel waking up so early in the morning? Are you a subscriber when the morning, when the day?
1: Uh, yeah, like I am. The hardest thing is I'm a tradesman, mate, so I start at seven. I'd love to start at eight, you know, yeah. just because I, I just love to get more done. Um, but I just, I never thought I'd be a morning person. Like my dad used to, I'd be hungover as hell. Yeah. And rock in at 6.30 with a cup of tea. Think, just talking about, oh, I was having a thought about yesterday. What? <laughs> <laughs> Dad, I fucking got in two hours ago. Like, yeah, right. and he was he was up constantly. He was up all early all the time. Yep. you know, and, and I was like, I'll, nev- I'll never be that person. Mm. And then all of a sudden, now it's like, mate, I chase sunrises. I love them. I think they're great. Just go out. And they see are. The sunrises, it. fucking. That, that's for me. It's, that's for, living. For me it's right so now, like, it's rare. Yeah, it, it I, is. I, I rarely see it. But you know what time is? That's when the world is its most peaceful. It is. It, it's in the morning mm. because at night people stay up mate, but in the morning there's less people up. And it's just it's just peaceful. Yeah, I think yeah. And I just that's that's how I see it. So yeah. it's, it's not necessarily win the morning, win the day. It's just because again, sometimes you, if I needed to win the morning to win the day, in the sense and start at seven a.m., because people like go to the gym, do this, this. I need to get up at fucking four in the morning. Yeah. and that's just for me. No, no, thank you. I'm I mean,
0: you set yourself up failure because <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, going to be the moment time. where you put the snooze on and it's like fuck, it's six. Yeah, and yet you still will make work but you're not going to get all those things that you set out to achieve. And then guess what? Failure comes. And then you start to be like, oh, this is fucked. Start falling into ruts. And you're like, shit, how do I pick myself up? I have to start all over again. Great. Great. Yeah. Great. So oh. yeah, it's one of those things. I mean, like we're all learning and of course you've just obviously given me a bit of feedback as well as me listening to you and obviously yeah. getting oh, a few things off vice each other. Yeah, vice
1: versa,
0: mate. Um, so it, it's a two way street and, uh, and we've obviously had a bit of a good relationship over the years, 100%. mate. It started off with footy and now it's obviously stemmed to something that's off the field. Yep. Um, so if you can obviously take your relationship off the field, then it's obviously got some sort of significance and, and okay. substance behind it. I agree. Uh, I think that's the best part about footy and whether, you know, footy happens for you in 2022 or not. Well, Look, looking back at it, you've won a few flags, um, but you also maintained a lot of relationships as well and, and connections imagine, and the most
1: important things.
0: So and a lot of hardships. people, it's a, it's a cliche, but you can really apply footy to life, like just a lot of the, the hardships that you go through, a lot of the rejections, obviously when you're trying to make that league level. Uh, but obviously the highs too. So it's and you know those highs don't last.
1: Well, the the the, the sports always just been disguise of, of lessons in life because mm. it's amazing when you get older, and then people, you know, what is you know what what's sport done for you? Oh, it teaches me discipline, teaches me this. It's, it's not like people don't go straight. Oh, it's taught me how to you know, to be, it's, it's about me or it's how right. to win. It's its always, it's the lessons people Oh, It's taught me how to, again, be disciplined. It's taught me how to be part of a team. It's taught me how to, you know, to commit. It's taught mm-hmm. me how to prioritize. And that and the sport is just a disguise. And it's not just footy, mate. It's all sports. And it's not just sport. It might be whatever your chosen passion in passion is, as long as you commit to it. Yep. You know, it is honestly, it is, just about learning lessons and then it's just it's it's just the conduit to do it it. i love learning i don't know about
0: you but it's just really rewarding oh it is yeah and especially if you've learned something and you can convey that to someone else or even teach someone something that means you've learned i just love that like whether it's learning a new language or you know learning just random facts Mm -hmm. and you can just bring that up in conversation or you know you can use it to your own advantage it's like you know i've progressed in life i've actually bettered myself by mm-hmm. learning these things of course you are gonna learn a lot of rubbish as well um and anything you <laughs> don't use
1: you lose yeah. but still yeah, hey yeah, yeah. um it, it's just part of life it's the beginner mindset mate it, yeah. it's, it's wanting like that learning aspect for me will never change and mm-hmm. i get i did get that from my father he was very um curious and you know curiosity i think is one of the the, the best traits someone can have because yep. if you're curious mate conversations never stop absolutely well it's got humans to the
0: moon didn't it yeah if we weren't curious would we ever be in space no no, we
1: would still think it was made of cheese yeah absolutely yeah exactly (laughs) or the world's still flat (laughs) yeah that's it Christopher Columbus some 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 people think it's still flat yeah I don't know what do you think about that conspiracy oh mate I believe in science and I think think it's been Disproven. Yeah, I was going to say
0: if the if the if the globe wasn't real and we were flat, what a big hoax they've been. Right oh
1: on. mate. do you know what? I'd applaud them. Well yeah, played, like, well, played, isn't well it? played. I just yeah, I'm like, mate. I really love listening
0: to the the flat earthers and yeah. how they say, oh, they get you from young. Where they put like you know, in reception. There's a globe in the classroom. They they suck you in from day dot. Um, all these, basically, all these images that NASA supposedly have from satellites of the Earth, they've just, you know, they pick these little flaws in the images saying, nah,
1: like a real sphere shouldn't look like that, you know. There's some really good videos, actually, of flat earthers actually debunking themselves. Yeah, <laughs> No, like, I haven't seen those, oh, but I've seen a, debunking I, I, the globe I have theory. A no, I have a Google, no, have a Google, because there's someone like, so if this is s- spherical, then this should happen. Yeah. And they'll do, like, I have this big machine, and they'll be like, oh so that happened yeah <laughs> and they are like oh we'll try it again yeah oh and they'll sit there scratch out oh there must be something wrong with the machine exactly. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of laugh but hey do you know what their belief doesn't hurt me no so it's just like it, for mate, me it's
0: entertainment like, C- keep doing what you're doing because yeah, I'm yeah. actually getting a bit of a laugh out of it and you know what I love playing devil's advocate, not in an argument sense, yeah. but uh, and, and especially right now, oh, yeah. uh, the world's conflicted with vaccines. Oh, like for yeah. example, which side oh. are you on? Are you anti vaxxing pro-vax? I just have my second or- back today, mate. And I'm not. I'm
1: not. I'm not anti-vax. I'm not pro-vax. I'm pro travel. Kudos to <laughs> you, mate. I'm pro travel, yeah. mate. <laughs> it's like, and pro freedom. So it's like, and I actually am pro choice big time. So I, I get why people, are in, especially in the industry in Melbourne, are getting up, upset because yep. people should have a right to have a choice. And um, but again, we won't go into that. But it's, it's but I'm just
0: once again, yeah. it's it's like you know devil's advocate. I love looking at both sides of the story yeah, because you know people have their beliefs, have their passions, have their reasons. Yeah, you
1: know, just not so, like people who jump on board and say if you don't agree with me, then you're against me. It's yeah. like no, 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 no. I'm not against you, mate. Like I, I can have my opinion. You can have your opinion. It doesn't mean. do you I'm-
0: think right now it's trendy to go against the grain because uh, that's what it uh, seems like everyone loves subscribing to a conspiracy called, theory yeah, 100%. yeah. No, like no, for no. example um, you know no. I, I hear all these anti-vaxxers oh, you know the vaccine's going to kill you all this sort of si- stuff like you know the side effects we don't know the long term effects all this sort of stuff but then you look at the facts and figures and I'm a numbers man hmm. right now as of today 75% of Australians have had their first jab that are 16 and over. Yeah. Right? So pretty much all adults, 75% of them. So that means basically in a room of 100, 75 of them had their first jab. Yeah. 50 of them have had their double dose. I think people are doing So really, really of- it's with- the minority. And why are we making this cool? And that's not just vaccines, but just everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. People love going against the grain. They're, they're questioning oh, look, authority.
1: People... people- I think there's a lot more deep-seated answer attention? to that with psychology. I think yeah. there's a lot more to it and people want to feel relevant. People want to get up in arms. People don't have an people don't have an outlet for their frustration. So they just decide, nah, I'm going to take a stance because I can get frustrated yeah. and I can let my energy out because Everyone has that pent-up energy. Again, we don't go out and plough the fields all day anymore. Where people can just—they don't have the energy to fucking argue. You know, yeah, just exactly. Like, you know, it's it's people have got time and energy on their hands, and the worst thing is they have got information and a platform. Yeah. And that's like—and sometimes the information is misinformation. Like I said, Absolutely. I turned off the news because I know it's biased. And I, and again, it's not that it's necessarily negative bias, but it's just—it is biased. I taught that as a young as a young man that. Someone owns that TV company, of course, and they're going to sway it in their way. They're not going to sway it in another way. Like that's that's the way it is. About I like, Bitcoin, oh.
0: for example. Yeah. Remember, um, I think it was 2017 Ashes series. Triple M actually had radio coverage of that Ashes series, and Ashes is actually coming up now as well. And I remember uh, JB was on there, uh, M- Howard yep. Howie M- was on there, yeah. and, and uh, Skull. Yep. all those blokes were on there, and and the the topic of Bitcoin came up just out of nowhere and i'm just thinking what agenda is being driven I and mean, <laughs> this is when the price was rocketing and you know prices soared in yep. the crypto space and yep. that's when the initial publicity and i guess came about and then after it sort of tapered off and it's gone up again but you just think to yourself which media outlets are actually publicizing these particular topics and and the timing of them as well yeah, and it's yeah. just funny how so many people of power can I guess influence so many other people around the world. Like Elon Musk mentioned Dodgecoin and, and just did an LOL about it, like as a joke, and the fucking that crypto
1: went up. Well, you, you talk, mate. We we again, we're both investors in the stock market. You talk about the pump and dump, mate. They, yeah. Um. There's there's they're doing it on Hot Copper. <laughs> they're yep. doing a lot of sites, and all of a sudden, people the people that get bitten are the, the mum and dad investors. and yeah. that's the hardest thing. So and
0: Hot is a sophisticated like uh, share platform forum. Yeah. Now they don't have to be sophisticated or anything for them. No. Just a buddy tweet. Yeah, like, I've you know, it. I could put Ethereum wink face and it, the price wouldn't give a fuck about what I said. But if someone of significance said that, geez, oh, shit. Oh, man.
1: Again, we're, we're, we're driven by fear and greed. And yeah. the, the hardest thing is... is, is Fearing is, missing out. Oh, man. Don't even get... <laughs> I've, I, and look, I've had to deal with that. We we've all, all cop it, yeah, don't we? Yeah, man. I've had to look at myself and go, do I really want to go to this thing or do I just want to tell people I've gone to this thing? And yeah, actually, we just want to tell. Them, well, fuck it, don't go. And, mm-hmm. and I started. You know, that's when I started being no, nah, just say no. And then when you sit home and you get that fear of missing out, well, fuck, you know what? It's actually let to deal with it. But some people go and just. Oh, I don't. I just don't get people. Yeah. Now that I, well, I, I lie, that's a bit harsh. I do get people because I've been in their position, but I don't get their naivety. We've all experienced it. their naivety to want to try and understand yeah. their motiv- their true motivation, because
0: they're not. They're actually then once again. Not putting themselves at the top of the triangle they're just doing it for other people's validation and satisfaction yeah 100 mate if you don't want to fucking do it save your coin save your time and just do what you want to do
1: and that's the best and and first and foremost that's your first step of actually some people also don't know what they do and don't want to do that's it and that's that's another big aspect of it and that's again it it comes to defining who you are what do you want what do you want out of life and then once you start that your decisions become so much fucking easier because you don't have any of that a decision is always, I fucking don't know. Yeah. And it's a, it becomes an emotional decision, you know, and, and it becomes just a, 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 division, sorry, a decision that's driven by external, you know, validation factors, maybe, yeah. or factors. Yep. So.
0: Yeah. Polly, thank you very much, mate. Appreciate Thank you, thank you for the beer. Mate, it's all right. Thank you for it. obviously, you know, going through a, a lot of personal sensitive topics, yeah. um, yep. especially, your, you know, your previous marriage. Um, I'm sure that's not easy to, to, to talk just, about. Just on that
1: quick oh, like I honestly like I have no ill feelings towards my ex and I wish her all the best and I want her to be happy and go into all that but it just it came for me to time to talk about what I went through and, and I appreciate you giving me the platform I, but I, I am very thankful. There's no bitterness from me to her and I you know whether she listens to this or not I just want her to, to sort of also know that it's this isn't there's no words of war here. It's, yeah. it's honestly... You know, it's just my time to talk about... And you're just being
0: 100% you know transparent honest yeah. upfront and truthful yeah, and it's that's basically a, just having a chat that's my
1: truth again it's whether you agree or disagree that's completely different
0: yeah so. and out of full transparency as well we've only had one beer so <laughs> no, that's
1: it that's yeah. it I was going to say no <laughs> it's only takes me one beer these days so
0: yeah. <laughs> you're an easy one mate no. um, yeah so no nah, thank you for that uh, wow. thanks for the froth um, that olive oil is yours by the way no, so no, no, enjoy no, no. that
1: so I'd already, I said I already used the whole bottle
0: and everything else we've talked about well I guess we've probably asked more questions than we've answered so yeah, yeah but that's the story of life isn't it keep asking them those questions and, and try to find the answers. You're not going to get that. Yeah. And same thing with the journey that we that we're on. We don't know what the destination is. Yeah. We don't know where we're going to be in a year, ten years, twenty years time. But the journey is it's what it's all about, mate. One hundred
1: percent it is. And I'm I'm excited about life. And I know you are. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you if you change your perspective and you have to just just this just change, look to change your, like perspective on things and look to be more positive and and just optimistic. Get rid of the pessimism fucking life's
0: good i was talking to someone the other day and you know they were talking about the vaccine and they're like i don't get it they're just a bit more fearful because they're subscribing to a bit of misinformation. i said you know what if i get it it's not going to kill me my story hasn't been written yet and i just (laughs) think to myself when i was thinking about the story analogy i'm like you know what what would my what would i want my book to say about me or write about yeah him. yeah it's,
1: it's know, an when interesting when it's all yeah. said and
0: done yeah yeah yeah, yeah. What, what what chapters would I want in there and of course you can't just have the niceties yeah. you then need to be a bit of darkness in you there need, as well and of bit, course yeah. I've gone through a bit of darkness and I'm sure there's going to be more darkness to come yeah but overall I want someone to read that book put it down or well, could be an audio book in the te- in the future which is it's pretty common right now but anyway I want them to put down that book and just be like geez that was a good read what a, yeah. what a journey that was
1: mate I, he, I, I, and you know what he had a crack. I've got, I've got, have got a, a, uh, an exercise for you. Write you, write your eulogy. Yeah, right. I've done that once before. Yeah, well. How I think I'd be remembered. Yep. Um, and it makes you really reflect on what you've done. Mm. And yeah, I think maybe it's you find fun. some gaps in your life too. Yeah, just like, make do.
0: Yeah, yeah um, this is. This is a pretty brief and eulogy. You yeah. want it to be a few pages and a yeah. fucking, what, a one
1: paragraph? Mate, 100% it is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely it's good. I think that's a great thing. Actually, I that's had, a good like, thing. I had a, I had a weird thought the other day. I said like a good business idea would be do someone's funeral while they're still alive and actually say the fucking nice things about each other that we don't say. Yeah. Because sometimes it's not said enough, this whole tall poppy syndrome. And imagine them sitting in a viewing room while people are pretending to grieve you and then they're actually saying this is the person that lived and they're like, oh, fuck, I didn't know these people thought this about me or I'd achieve that. Mm. Yeah, because, again, we, we're all about cutting each other down. It's time to always just bring each other up, you know, and, and with honest feedback as well.
0: well. I think as well, you know, if you're just if you a fly on the wall at your own funeral, yeah. it's not the amount of people that come to your funeral, it's the amount of people that are crying at your funeral.
1: <laughs> oh, that's actually an interesting one. Quality yeah. over quantity, Some mate. people come, they're like, they I too. better come. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like that. i have those thoughts as well like i remember just thinking like you know imagine like if i died like how many people would be crying or just those people that knew me just thought they'd come just to pay my respects but they're just doing out of necessity like a bit of a chore as opposed to actually really wanting to be there because i i made an impact in their life
1: well so we were actually speaking about death just before we started as well and i was talking about my my view on death is quite matter of fact like i think without death you don't have life as as that's well known but you know life's not finite if it was infinite life wouldn't be as important to live in the moment yeah. because you've Doesn't got have moments as much forever. Yep. You know, now when you've got death, you've got to embrace it in the sense of go, there's an ending to this. You know? You might as well yeah. fucking live now because you actually don't know when it's gonna when it's gonna happen.
0: I probably should stop living by those David Sinclair, uh, Dr. David Sinclair uh, rules <laughs> where he's like to thinking that we could potentially become immortal if we just change a few things in our life, we could extend a few years and obviously yeah. the technology. That won't be
1: in our lifetime, so but I don't think so, yeah. <laughs> so.
0: We could probably, you know, live beyond the hundred. I think that's probably doable. Well, I think okay, as with, with science, it? with with obviously oh, well, knowledge mate. of health and, and how the, these these Vessels Wait, operate. It's only
1: a few hundred years ago, so we're only living to forty. Exactly. You know, like it's. I think yeah. we've doubled our life expectancy. In I've the last currently got years.
0: a you know a grandparent now that's ninety three. So oh wow. Yeah, and like you know, touch wood she makes ninety three and, yeah. and keeps going. Um, she's a widow. You know, she's like oh, I. I just want to be taken now because she's obviously still grieving at the past, yeah. by, You know, grandfather and all that all that sort of stuff. But I'm thinking, just embrace it. You're you're in rare air at the moment. You know, like and you know she grew up in you know the village tough days and like you know. She doesn't eat a lot of meat, and I just like, look at her lifestyle, and it's just very natural, and yeah. it's just um, spur of the moment type of stuff, and never did anything radical like the kids are doing these yeah, days. And yeah, I'm yeah. just thinking maybe that's the beauty of life. And you know, she's gone through some ups and downs, but she's she can still
1: she's alive to tell the story today. And hey, may have you ever asked her about her life in the sense of what she's learned from it? Yeah, oh, honestly, I've never really had that chat because yeah. you know every time you're there, you we, we can up, look, yeah, we can learn a lot from the old people we do, now. yeah, but yeah. you know. You,
0: you always, always listen to the old stories because they love telling stories the old yeah, people. They love yeah. sort of talking about the past. So, you know, I've got snippets, but I've yeah. never had to s- sit down, like
1: run through it all. Um, but I mean, yeah, like... You Maybe can just, just a listen. lesson. Maybe you should ask what our top five lessons are in life. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm always interested about that. I think we can learn so much off the off the, um, off the elderly. And, mm. and I know I, it's one of my, my rules of life. I've got a bit of a, a list of all the things I've learned in life. I'm up to about 78. And it's uh, one of them is, you know, like listen listen to the elderly so <laughs> like, ask, be... ask them questions you know because exactly. like, in the they're the ones that have lived the life mate they're the one that actually knows what's important because they're at the end of it yeah exactly <laughs> so, well my grandfather he
0: passed away a couple of years ago he was 91 yeah. um and so when he got, when he uh, turned 90 I said to him how do you do it? Like it's pretty good. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. if someone gave me a contract right now to to, to die at ninety, I take it. I'd sign it now because mate. you know what's going out there these good days. And
1: we're doing the in it. Yeah, hundred
0: percent. Hundred percent. And I said to him, "What's the secret of life?" And he said to me in Greek because it doesn't matter much English. He goes "Leo up, allah. And I said, well, "I'm sorry, I knew what that means." So what that basically means is a little bit of everything. So not a lot of something. <laughs> yeah, oh. and, and that you can apply it with everything oh, in life. Right, you can. You know, just a, a couple of these, not a whole slab. You know, when it comes to eating your favourite ice cream, don't eat the whole tub. Just put yourself a little bowl. I love that. Like, you know, Blacklist at night. Don't watch, you know, three episodes and go to bed at two o'clock. Just one episode. You know what I mean? Like, just a a little bit of everything. You know what I mean? Everything in moderation, basically.
1: Your your grandfather's a wise man. Yeah,
0: but, you know, it was just such a simple thing. But, yeah, a lot of us actually don't live by that. Yeah, we do,
1: don't we? Yeah, because, again, it's that we just... It all comes down to uh, its internal structures of yourself and, and how you view yourself and how happy you are internally. And I think, again, we just need to turn in, inside a little bit more and be very honest with ourselves. Yep. But I don't. I think that's slowly coming. But being honest, it, it is, it's fucking hard, mate, because you go down a dark path and you have to face someone you might not like, but then it's the best way, mate. Yes. If you're lying to someone else, you're lying to yourself. And you know
0: what? Honesty, I reckon, actually makes you sleep at night.
1: I mean, I used to I used to put mayo on things, you know. I used to exaggerate things when I was younger, and even I I, right, after like, about four or five years ago, I was doing. It. I started realizing, what the fuck am I doing this? Mm. I'm like, start telling the truth. It's not like I was lying, but I was like, add twenty percent on the things. <laughs> you're like, yeah. just th- that's you put that's, in GST on everything. Yeah, and but everyone's doing it, like mm. not everyone, but like I started going, no man, like just own who you are, tell it how it is. Yeah, because you're trying to you're trying to embellish your life because you're not internally satisfied with who you are mm. if you start telling the truth you start lying well actually this is me and, and if you guess tell the what truth. people won't fucking reject you because no, they, they won't. didn't because they didn't give a fuck because it's my life and my experience so they're like oh fuck and you're more genuine yeah, people actually
0: appreciate that more 100%. and you, you get more connections you, you actually yeah. grow your network no, be, just being genuine being you and if those people don't subscribe to that well then you didn't need them anyway
1: no that's exactly right mate yep. done Polly. alright mate cheers mate always All a right. pleasure Tess thanks pleasure let's go get some dinner let's fucking do it that's it How long did we go for? Good question. Two hours. Oh, we fucking, wow. we topped the last one. Yeah, I know. Jesus. That yeah. We a a goodbye went for about fucking 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.